Welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast. Salty here this week with episode 62, and I'm joined by Robert, Matt, Shirelia. Yep. And I was absent last week. I'm back, and this time, Sean is missing. Gumbaloni, taking a break. Have to I keep think... things fresh, you know. Just <laughs> new faces, <laughs> new backgrounds every time for the podcast here at MMOs.com. Fun fact: We have a new background coming again next week. I think uh, it might be the permanent one, but that's still up for debate. Please. Who believes that? Think, who believes it? I think Gumby's at a, a music concert. What a nerd! Listening to music. Come on, let's be real. The only music worth listening to is MMO music on mmos.com/music. All right. <laughs> wow, what a plug! Like from Ragnarok. Well, let's be real. Like, have, you ever, have you ever found yourself just listening to like like a soundtrack or like a random list on YouTube of like video game music, and it just you leave it on all day? No. No? Never. Am I the only one? Come on, Shu. Come on, Erhan. To, to just MMO music or music? No, 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 like video game music. music. I, I, all right, no. yeah, video game music I do. Oh, yeah, all the time. I do yeah. all the time. What's that one site like, that we found a while ago for... Uh, yeah, it was a Flash site where it's just a like huge a playlist. Of, all the, yeah, all of the songs from all these tra- uh, games. It was Ares or something? I'm sure you, it, some people in the audience yeah. also heard of that site. But like, I'll bring up the tree of savior, uh, you know, because we, we have the playlists on mmos.com. So I put that, I'll, I'll leave that on, and you hear some amazing music. Somebody recommended me the music in Rusty Hearts. It's kind of an obscure game, but the music was top notch. But before we get sidetracked on music, because Gumby's missing, I'm gonna seize the, the weekly raid this week. And our question this week uh, is, is it a bad thing that we don't allocate stat points in MMORPGs anymore? And I like how we didn't bother putting it up on the website. I guess. Uh, is it drafted? Are you, you didn't put it up? Well, I, th- I thought Sean was supposed to put it up. Sean's not here. <laughs> All right, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> the question we asked uh, is it is it a bad thing that we don't allocate stats in MMORPGs anymore? And uh, if you, if you ever played games like Fiesta Online, Ragnarok Online, you played uh, there's a Maple Story where when you leveled up, you had an option of allocating a certain number of stat points into your strength, dex, whatever you want. It was another way to kind of customize your character. And of course, there's pros and cons of allowing such a system. You see a lot of newer games today, whether it's you know WoW, whether it's Blade and Soul, whether it's really anything almost nowadays where they got rid of that system. And obviously, the pros and cons would be uh, you can easily screw up your character, but then you have also more customization. How do you guys feel about that? I think it's an illusion of customization because when it comes down to it, there is an optimal build for every class. I mean, there aren't. There's no game that I know of has balanced it in a way where you have like more than maybe like two builds that are viable Mm -hmm. really or at least that aren't like optimal you know what i mean so by removing it you just remove the chance for people to screw up their builds and i'm really looking at shin megami tensei imagine with its Mm -hmm. i don't remember what it was called but um i think the stat was called like strength or something and it affected range damage and i used a sword so i was putting all my points into like whatever it was strength or something and then i find out at level 20 after I've put every point up till then into there, <laughs> that it's the wrong one. And I'm just like, why would you re-roll. that? <laughs> okay, there's well, yeah. pros and cons here. Uh, you're right. It, there is always a min-max optimum, but growing up, uh, I played a lot of Diablo 2, and I made characters which I knew were not optimal, but I still enjoyed playing. Uh, namely, the Necromancer with the million summons. Like, that, was, that was never the best way to go, but it was just fun. And uh, I feel like you can't do things like that today because of uh, uh, basically like Diablo 3, where it's locked, um, where everyone can just kind of go between two or three variations. Uh, and even WoW is kind of going this way. 
uh, with the new expansion. Uh, the, you can make it so you can switch anywhere you get rest experience. You can switch your uh, specialization. Uh, so that seems to be the trend of things. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think any casual slash mainstream game is ever gonna go back to allowing that level of detail of customization. Path of Exile is an exception, but it's kind of aiming for the hardcore audi audience. Uh, so I think we're stuck. Oh, I was gonna say what while I do agree with Matt that like it does leave open room for failure for players that don't know what they're doing. I also like part of me really likes it because when I played Ragnarok, there were like a lot of things you could do. Like you could play like a battle priest, for example, and like I actually had one of those characters. Like you go like agility, strength on a on a on a priest, and you could like beat things up, and like that was kind of neat. Um, but then again, I am the type of player that like likes to do really weird stuff, as you guys probably know. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that's worth it because there's not many players that are like that. While there are a lot of players that can mess up on the build, so for for me, like I would prefer if you had something like that. But I can see other people not liking that. I mean, if you look at Ragnarok, for example, I think that game again there were there were obviously optimal builds and stuff. But it was always kind of cool to have like the trying to get like 150 decks so you have instant cast in Ragnarok, right? Whatever, whatever the number was. But, like it was really very difficult to do unless you had all the right gear. So a lot of people wouldn't even bother going for it. But having that option as a viable build path was always kind of cool because some people did get the you know the, the decks required for the instant cast. It was it was huge. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. So, so I, I, I agree with all that too because even though it's not and Matt is correct, there are obviously min maxing issues and some things are just wrong, right? But with the Diablo, with the Necromancer and Diablo, if there were a lot of ways to play Diablo with suboptimal skill builds and stat builds, it was still fun. Well, here's but a, then again, if you, yeah, go ahead. Here's another good right. example. Then okay, so along the lines of like the op so optimal slash suboptimal, in League, playing a hero, uh, not the role it's meant for, right? Yeah. Should that I know League is trying to punish that these days, right? Originally, mm -hmm. maybe that wasn't the goal when they first started making the game, but today it seems like they're trying to pigeonhole characters into certain yeah. certain okay so you, you i'm sure two of two people on this board are more familiar with that evolution so is it fair for me to say that's the evolution it's been taking oh 100 people started playing like sona mid soraka mid these are characters that were meant to or designed to play support and they were nerfed their ability to go mid as an aggressive ca character so they are being pigeonholed in that way but i do bring up league is a good point because even though we're talking about stats specifically because i know league is not an mrpg but people can run runes and like if you're playing a support character, you can just run all like AD runes, and early game you'll hit like a truck. It's not like optimal because late game that early AD is going to be garbage on you because you're still going to get like killed really quickly. But because Lee gives you that gives you the extra layer of customization that say you know you don't have in Dota or you know, other games, because of that you do create cooler ways to play a character at least on the early experience. And yes, Matt is still correct in the in the idea that it, you can still screw up your build. However. I do, I do like the fact that it opens the doors to make your character it's the, it's unique. It's the freedom. It's the freedom I to think... build, really. Like, yes. Okay. And, and just like, just like Omar said, like I used to do that a lot in League. Like, I used to run like Leona mid with like the double like hybrid pen, mm -hmm. and like it was really fun to me to like have that option to like play the character in a way that like fits my playstyle versus like another person's playstyle, even if it was like suboptimal in a sense, right? Like it, it's still like the experience of being able to like build things that aren't like outside of the norm you know mm -hmm. that was really fun and the runes let you do that which is which is always really kind of cool okay cool. but like league has like uh, over a hundred characters if they're being pigeonholed you still have over a hundred choices 
You can just pick one that fits what you want. But if you, you know, play, like, but if you play like Soraka or Sona, these are support-ish characters. I mean, you used to be viably able to play mid. But if you're playing a support character, you shouldn't be expecting to play aggressively in mid. But you were but able to. But, but, but just because yeah, you're able to doesn't mean you should expect it to, or nor that that yeah, was but, intended. But again, like that's something that that I like to do and something I really value in games. And like I said, I I understand that that's not the same point of view as a lot of players. But for me, it means a lot to me to be able to play. A character the same as an a, a same character as another person but in a different way it, like means a lot to me to have like that personalization of gameplay and right, so I think that's really that's important really, to like preserve but that's not really you know? MOBAs so so the issue now okay so what, Sean, what you... Sean came up with the name for this uh, weekly raid is it desirable and I think we can all see the merits but I think a better wording for this would have been is it dead because whether we personally like it or dislike it or see the merits or maybe Personally, actually, I kind of I see both sides. Like, I do think um, it's much easier for the developers f to say, okay, this is like a supporting spell slash character slash whatever, and this is an aggressive one, and we're going to balance it that way going forward. So it's just easier for them. Um, mm -hmm. So the question I should ask is, is it dead? And I think the answer to that, whether you like it or not, is yes, it is dead. Well, see, see my issue with it, though, is like, you guys always talk about how everything's just an obfuscation or something else, and it makes it over overly complex. Just putting your stats in the specific areas that aren't skills directly are based. It's it's just an obfuscation of creating your own build. Like yeah, it's, that's true. It's it's a serious off. It's a serious obfuscation, and it's a, and it's a serious roadblock that is completely pointless. I agree with that. I agree with that. It's holy crap. I'm it's back. a huge burden of knowledge. Um, where it's not obvious, right? Like at least with a spell, it's like okay, a fireball versus an ice shard. Like one is and one is fire, one is ice. Like, <laughs> and I actually stats? saw the perfect. I actually saw the perfect thing the other day, and somebody just goes, "Yes, I miss when I can just sit here and press plus five on main stat." You know, like just click five times on the main stat and just be mm -hmm. done with it. It's just like, okay, so why does anybody miss this? It's like. As a new know. player in both Ragnarok and League, right, two different genres, Ragnarok was the first time I think I encountered Dex and Agi. I was like, hmm, what's the difference? And I had to read up on it. I had to actually read up on it because I didn't want to screw it up. And in League, as a new player, as like a, a less experienced League player, the initial experience with the runes, right, there are too many kinds of runes. Like, I, but you know what they do because they specifically tell you I do know do. what they do, but I don't know which ones are actually good. Okay, that was always a problem. Some runes were just... Uh, like not efficient exactly like you there, there were runes that give you less death time which is yeah. stupid nobody should run that if i if i didn't read a guide on how to build the rune page or whatever for my guy as a new player as a new player i i would have totally fudged it and then i would have been at a slight disadvantage i i, I want to say a big disadvantage but you guys would probably say slight disadvantage mm -hmm. to my lane mate or uh, my lane opponent so i don't see the point to the rune system in league I'm throwing out. I'm just gonna throw it out. No, there. again, that you're wrong. It allows you to play characters in different roles, like because of the rune system and the talent system, the way you mastery system. You any almost any hero in League can be played as a jungle hero, of the way you you set him up, which okay. actually opens the doors to a lot more freestyle play. Maybe it's just me, but I don't see the point in being able to play them in different roles because they're made for specific roles. But, but th that's not fun. Like yes, they they could have this a, a lot of things. I you think you guys are the design, worst teammates to have on the team. <laughs> Like, uh, shoot, maybe you can correct me on this too. I, I think in design, when you create something and you find out that people are doing it differently than the way you created it, it's not instantly bad. You can embrace what the community does with it. Yeah, it's 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 not. It it, it happens a lot in games, you know. 
Yeah. I mean, people used to play uh, like Echo, it's which is a mage it's character. Not bad, but I'm not. I'm saying I don't understand the point in wanting to force it into a different role. It's. But it's not really. It is being forced into a different role today. Is what Riot's doing with a no, lot of stuff. No, but as a player, like, why you would want to? To force it to be able to play differently. It's really about. It's just like I wouldn't. And it's it's. But how I, would... I interact with the game, and like I said, like I believe that you're a different type of player than me, and you don't care about that stuff. But that's it's something really hard for me to convey that like it's really important for me to be able to play a character in my own unique style, and that is really important to me. And like you can see that in like every game I play, like I always try to play like that one character in like a weird way that's kind of different from how it's normally played. And that kind of gives me a sense of satisfaction of being able to, you know, the game is kind of not really catering to me, but allowing me to do what okay. I want. I want to steer this discussion right? back to stats because you know, we're getting a little bit on the MOBA topic. You know, it is related, though. But I'm not on the because I am pro this stat system. And I do like it, right? But obviously, it can't be like a, a noob trap where you can't just fall into it. And if you look at uh, Maple Story, early on in Maple Story, if you fucked up your stats early on, you had to reroll. And it was but, not intuitive at all. But that's easy to fix, right? If you just add stat resets, or yeah. if you, or if you even have, you can even have like an auto, an auto allocate. If they you, added that, yeah. Yeah, you know, like you just, you know, I don't know what I want, so you just okay, press auto so allocate. What, what if you, you just have? But if you add um, stat resets or an auto allocate, you're just putting a bandaid on a bigger problem that it's just pointless. Allow the people that what don't want to customize. To do auto and allow the players that want to customize to customize. You're restricting choice if you get if you get rid of it. But is it? It's not, yeah. Restricting it's choice is not always a bad thing. Like, that's but, like saying, do you want a, the ability to run into a wall and then the character's stuck there forever? Like, that's not a good. No, choice. that's that's not the. Th but I don't think that's leave. even equivalent. That's like. Well, it, it is it like Ragnarok. If you, if you screw up your stats. Yeah, yes, you could screw it up. You're right, but yeah. th that's a problem. You have to make it so like. Other stats don't become completely worthless for your class. I mean, it's obviously very hard to perfect, but I think in League, in terms of runes, it kind of conveys the customization option through a kind of stat system pretty well. I mean, because of the rune system, you can play heroes in so many different ways. Like, you can have a power spike early on that falls off, aim for a power spike later if you want to get, you know, pro-level runes. Then it really lets you play a character in a unique way. Okay, so let's, to wrap this up, wrap this up real quick. One yeah. last question for everyone. Let's do a little round table here. Are we going to okay. go back, um, like, like I said before, WoW lets you do resets now, uh, Diablo to swap, League for all its you know, issues with the rune system, at least you can change your runes or buy new ones and do whatever Freely, you want. Freely, yeah. Are we going are, are to get a game that allows permanent, basically, where you can't reset it, at least not easily? Um, for me, Path of Exile, I screwed up my first character. It kind of bothered me because I wasted all my um, skill mm -hmm. resets early on, the orbs that let you go back one skill point, one, one path mm -hmm. in the tree. I wasted them early. The character was worthless. Are we going to get games like that again going forward? I don't think we are. And I don't, and I, and I, I don't think we're going to miss it, actually. I don't think I, we will. I, don't, I definitely don't miss it. I, I really am okay with not being able to screw up my build. <laughs> I mean, skills, well put. Well put. Skills, well put. Is, skills is one thing. Like, I mean, but the stats, it's just, it's pointless. I mean, it, you can customize through skills, and if you customize through skills, it's you're actually affecting your character directly in a way that it like stays within the role it's supposed to have, but you get your own freedom. But like, it's like if you go into 
If you go into old WoW, where you could allocate stats, if I remember correctly, I mean, it's been so long since no, I've played WoW. No, not WoW, not stats, but you could do talents, and you couldn't undo them easily. No, I mean, vanilla WoW, I could swear you could allocate stats. You could. No, no. Okay, so... Yeah. Okay, but anyways, imagine going to, into any MMO where you can allocate stats, and picking up, like, a rogue, and putting all your stats into, like, vitality. Like, you're playing it differently, you get your freedom, but why the fuck would you want to do that? Like... But there the were I mean, viable builds in Ragnarok where you could, like, you don't go the optimal route, but they were still viable. And it was can, only because of the stat system. I can cite a more recent example. Actually, Final Fantasy has that as well, like the stat building system. Mm -hmm. And it actually changes how you play. So um, I don't know how it works for other classes because I mostly did this on, like, a warrior. Um, warrior, you could either put your points into, like, more damage or you could go into, like, more HP. And it was actually different based mm -hmm. on what you did. Like... Some people, like, you know, if you're, like, an off-tank warrior and you wanted to do, like, more damage, then you would put that into... The, if you needed, like, that or you needed help, like, generating threat, you would put that more into strength rather than HP. If, like, okay. your, your, your healers were solid, right? But if, if they weren't, then you would transfer that to the other stat. Okay, but that's right? still so like, two it's, viable it's, builds, and that's the illusion of choice, and that's kind of what WoW I mean, did. They just I mean, how is that an illusion of choice? That is literally a choice, like... Yes, it, it is... but that's, like, putting the specs up for WoW, the three of them, that's literally choice, but... You guys are saying that that's bad because you can't allocate your stats. No, no, no. I, I didn't say the WoW thing was bad. We're just talking about stats right now. I think I think Shu did bring up a good point that having it, that option is good, but what, what, you don't want to make it so you can screw it up. What's right? going on here is that we're using two different like issues and we're like fighting them against each other in like an unrelated way. Like we're talking could, about yeah. skills and we're talking you about. You could have different skill. You could have different skill builds on top of a system where you 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 can customize stats as well. Exactly. It's, so we should separate the skills and stats. They're not exclusive. Okay, so, but I just, I think that stats are a pointless obfuscation today. That's, that, 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 that's your word of the week, Matt. Obfuscation. Yes. I can't pronounce that word. I've seen it, but obfuscation. Anyway, we, we, we were on this topic for a while. I think. Time to move on. I do agree with Altai, though. We're not going to have. Yeah. Games will go, will eliminate this system. That's we just go, the way it's been going. We can go back and forth about our opinion, but I think if we stick to, like, predictions, we can at least prove ourselves right or wrong. And I and I don't think we're going to get a. You know, big big game that, that does this again. And I think a lot of people, I mean, this is, I mean, one of our viewers, Chris, too, said, nope, stat points, allocation is worthless. I mean, he's, he, uh, this guy's played most for a long time, too. And somebody else said, I think it gives you a sense of customization. And obviously, again, there's pros and cons of both ways. And I do want to say, it, it, it is being phased out very clearly from what we've seen with newer games. I need to see this link. And moving on, uh, we have a pretty, pretty big news today. I think it came out today. I think, Matt, did you post this rumor that, uh, Lost Ark will be announced, yeah. announcing a beta on July 28th. You want to take that? Uh, that's literally it. They sent around an image. I don't know what it says because I can't translate it because it, it's got weird text. But um, they sent around an image saying that they were releasing a new teaser site on the 28th, and it's rumored that they're going to announce a beta with that. That's it. I mean, I, I wish it were more, but that, oh. that's all there is to it. <laughs> it's all there is to it, but it's a game that's been, you know, it's been uh, on the, on the platter for a while. It's a game a lot of people are looking forward to. It's uh, you can show off that gameplay trailer on there. I thought I looked it earlier, but I guess it didn't. But uh, I, it's yeah. so what, what's the rumor here? I, just it's rumored that when they release their teaser site on the 28th in two days, that they're going to release um, an announcement for a beta, and and there's it's. The rumor has been strengthened by the fact that Tencent is going to show the Chinese version of the game at uh, China Joy, which is next week. I don't remember. 
But I'm going to call it, it's going to happen because we also had that update recently where NVIDIA included an SLI profile for Lost Ark. You know, what are the odds these two events are happening within like a week or two of each Three other? Three events. Yeah, so all these happening is very clearly Lost Ark. We're finally hearing some news about it. I mean, it's, it was a long time since we really got excited about Lost Ark. I remember Alta and I watched this G-Star video, this really long video. And it's actually a really cool trailer for the game if you haven't seen this one yet. And you can find the link on Nemos.com. But we watched the trailer. We were pretty hyped. Yeah. And then it was like a dead news forever. We didn't hear anything about it. If you guys haven't now. seen this trailer yet, okay, go on the site when you have time and watch it like you would watch like an episode on Netflix. It's, it's really, it's, it's quite a lengthy, 19-minute long trailer. So it's almost like a full episode of like an anime or a show. Uh, it's worth it. It's, it, they promise so much. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get all that. Like you're, you got, you got sailing around on ships, exploring islands and stuff. But hopefully we get half of what they say. It'll if make for half, yeah. great screenshots, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so the teaser site is coming on July 28th. Unfortunately, just beyond that, there's really nothing else for us to talk about. It's just that it's great to hear news about the game where we've had such a like a dead zone of news. People were asking me on the news, most news video, like, any news on Lost Ark? Any news on Lost Ark? Said, no, there's nothing. It's dead. I haven't heard anything about it. And then all of a sudden, we, we, know, we get hit with this. So it's going to happen. Isn't Smilegate the ones that made... um? Crossfire. Yes, thank you. I couldn't remember which one it was. Have they ever done an MMO before? Other than, like, they, Crossfire? They've published a bunch of games, right? They've published, like, Tales Runner, Freestyle in Korea, Digimon Math, all these other games, right? But I don't, I don't think they've developed anything else. I mean, keep in mind, guys, Smilegate is a big company. Crossfire makes over a billion dollars a year. It's, this, it's like the second or third highest grossing like, online game of all time because of its popularity in Korea and China. So they have the money. You know, if anyone can make a really solid game, like Smilegate is the Korean company that can do it. They're, they're huge. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see how it does. I mean, it's pretty. It, it looks, yeah, nice. And it's really this and Lineage Eternal kind of vying for like the next gen, uh, like ARPG Actually, kind of game. Well, it if, looks if, gorgeous. if Sean was here, he'd make a post about how Davillion is. It's not that great, and maybe this will be better or something, like a better career. Uh, <laughs> I'm just worried this Action is going to be basically Davillion. You're worried no, it's Davillion, Davillion was a flop. No, I mean, I'm worried it'll play like Davillion, basically. Oh, uh, hope not. Hope not. I mean, just cause, every, every, just because it's an RPG from Korea doesn't mean we can run no, it off as Davillion. I'm just worried about that. Yeah. That's, all. Yeah, that's, a fair, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah. It's right. really love cool love graphics. Like There's the, nothing particularly effects, wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, like, there's nothing particularly wrong with the base gameplay in Davillion. It's just like, I don't know. It just like makes your mind go blank. <laughs> Didn't that game shut down in Korea and then launch in America? Like, it was it was one of those games, right? You no, know, it shut down in Korea because of um, it was being published by Han Game or something, and Han Game was making a transition to mobile, and they were supposed yeah. to bring it back up in Korea, and I don't think they found a publisher yet. Right, but I assure you, if Han, Han game, yes, they were making transition to mobile, right? But I assure you, if the game was making money, they'd delay that transition, all right? I guarantee it. Because they still publish a lot of PC games, if you look on their website. Han game is one of the biggest publishers of these games in Korea. They yeah, published, yeah, whole bunch. They published Terra. Yeah, there you go. So they didn't shut down everything. I mean, that was like their excuse to shut it down. <laughs> but anytime a game launches in America after shutting down in Korea, it's just not a good sign. They published Lost Saga and Priston Tale, so they still have a lot of games on here. Who still plays Priston Tale? I mean, damn. Priston Tale is actually... I think we were, we were going to mention it last week, but it's, it's, it's still popular in Korea. It's insane. As is Hero Online. Well, apparently Terra transferred to Nexon, according to the chat here. 
Yeah, but it, they have a weird system because like, if you look on the website for uh, for Han Game, it says they publish like a few games that I know, like Icarus, which I know Nexon publishes, but they also publish. There might be like a cross-publishing or cross-channel yeah. agreement between them. So it, it can be a little confusing sometimes because if Terra might be on here too. I don't know if I see it, but... No, Terra's not on there anymore yeah. according to chat. Yeah, it's not. I'm looking at it too. I guess they switched. I forgot about that. But yeah, it's... I mean, I'm excited to you know give the game a try. It's still unfortunately going to be a while away. You know, this is the, the teaser site is launching, and we're hoping on the teaser site that there'll be like a beta date, and that beta date will probably for be an Korea. Alpha or close. Yeah, for Korea. So we, have, you know, we in the West have to wait quite a bit longer before we get our hands on it. Unfortunately, though, though, if at China Joy, um, Tencent announces one, right? Mm -hmm. We might be able to play the Chinese one. Ooh. <gasps> It'll still be a while, though, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about what we've been playing a little, uh, rather than what we want to play. Uh, so last Sunday Funday, we did Starbound, which after many, many years in uh, pre-release, early access, whatnot, finally... Uh, three years. Three years. It finally oh, two came years. Out, yeah, three and a half years. Two and a half years. Two and a half years. <laughs> so, uh, math, it's hard. It's finally out on Steam, 15 bucks, and it shot up the charts, right? So people were mm -hmm. definitely still... I think people are still hungry for these kind of 2D... Uh, let's call them Same Terraria box. clones. Let's call them Terraria clones, all right? That's what they that's, are. That's, that's a fair assessment. Um, so, thoughts on this game? Let's start with Mr. Remo, because he hasn't played Terraria that much. Okay, I've never played Terraria or Starbound, right? Until I played Sunday Funday for the first time Starbound. And I, 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 I've played... I played a few uh, sandbox games. I played Rust is the one I played the longest. And obviously, these games aren't really comparable. This is a more relaxing game. But I was very pleasantly surprised. At first, I thought I wasn't going to like it because I remember I tried playing Terraria once by myself. I played for like ten minutes. I'm like, eh, I can't get into it, right? But I played uh, Starbound for an hour and a half for the Sunday Fun Day, and I really liked it. In fact, I was on last night for a good like three, four hours on my own, just playing, uh, building my base, doing the quests, gathering resources, and. They do have quests in the game, so it kind of keeps you on track, which is kind of nice. But, I mean, I had a lot of fun playing it. I mean, I was playing, I think Altai joined. We had, uh, I know, one of my Shu and I's mutual friends, a guy named Burncast, and a few other people jumped on and we played. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Now, here's something I noticed as someone who played Terraria a lot and not Starbound before. And Shu, maybe you can correct me, because I know you played a lot of Starbound. I felt mm -hmm. the experience was in some ways better because with the questing system in this, you always knew what to do next. Like you had a more of a guiding hand, right? But at the same time, I can see how some people would be turned off by that. Like they couldn't just explore and build a house and then go on. They kind of felt compelled to follow that quest. Why? Why? Why couldn't you? Like, because when I see it hovering over there, like an exclamation mark, saying you must go talk to this person in the art, you know, like I, I just. Like, I, I mean, I at the go. same time, like at the same time, while you're while you're doing that, it's like building like your base and stuff is like kind of necessary to progress to that part mm -hmm. anyway so you still need to explore like even in the first quest it was like it, it just dropped you off on the planet and it was like you need this stuff like go look for it and like it didn't really tell you where to go That's and then you true. find like that mine and then you know yeah. it, it naturally progresses from there it's not like it's like go do this like pick up you know go here and then go here and then go here it was like you do it at your own pace. But do you think that yeah, yeah. exactly? You do it at your own pace. But do you think that gets in the way of the multiplayer? Because um... no, because when you play multiplayer, you can do the quest together. So, uh, for example, I never even went to my planet. 
in the game, and I was able to complete the quest. Oh, interesting. Okay. Due to other pe- due to like, I didn't even have like the materials. It, like we all pulled it because I died, so I dropped mm-hmm. all of the the material that you needed for the quest, and then someone else picked it up, turned in the quest, and I got the quest complete, even though I didn't actually do it. Uh, to me, it just seemed like a stronger single-player experience because everyone has their own ship and stuff. I know you can beam around really easily. Yeah, you can go to somebody else's ship, and from there, you go to other planets and stuff, too. And I remember so, Sean I mean, saying he was playing with us last week, uh, on Sunday at least. He played this game alone. He likes to play it alone because he wants to kind of explore at his own pace. Um, so well, it fits I mean, that, that play style. I mean, probably another reason why you want to play alone is because one problem with Starbound is if you have one person that goes really far ahead, it kind of ruins the game. Yeah, hundred percent. I did a quest yeah, for somebody, I, I, and I mean, we had to lo- talk about this. Wait, what happened? What happened? Oh, hey, I mean, she was oh, making oh, oh, a good oh. point about one guy getting really far ahead. So explain. I mean, we, we had to talk about this because um, Omer was like, "Join my server." I'm like, "I don't really want to because I want to play with people that are gonna play at my pace." Because mm-hmm. if you have your server open to like a bunch of people, you'll have like some people that go out far ahead to like loot all the planets, and then there's like no planets, like like your planet is already looted, and then they come back with like super OP gear and then you go into a dungeon and they just like one shot everything and it's like not fun anymore. You know what I mean? So like that's why I bought my own server because I wanted to play, you know, despite like, you know, I wanted to play with Omer, sure, but mm-hmm. it's like I wanted to play like at my own pace as well. So I can kind of understand like why, was it Sean wanting yeah. to play by himself? Yeah. 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 I know we had a friend, uh, you know, and I think you know him, sure, Burncastle. We just played Lee with him forever. Ago. I know Burncastle. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he, he, you know, he, he was, he's played for a while, so he hopped on the server, and he wanted to help me out, right? He offered to give me like this refrigerator, these, all this stuff. Like, no, no, I'm like, I don't want anything, you know, like, don't give me anything. Yeah, you know, that, right? that's what I'm talking about. Like, that would ruin it for you because yeah, exactly. you no I longer have that sense of progression. It's like when you first get that refrigerator yourself, you're like, oh man, this is so awesome. Look, I have a refrigerator. And it's like mm-hmm. it completely kills it when someone comes down from above and like they're super, like, I don't know super spaceship they're like here's some laser guns here's like everything like go it have fun one shining. yeah it, de- it destroys that so that's I think what I... makes games like this fun and rust fun is building up to it and getting it on your exactly. own exactly it's well, so rust much more rewarding rust is a little bit different because you lose everything when you die yeah that's so true. it's kind of more fun having your friends with you but in any mm-hmm. kind of like pve like survival type of scenario mm-hmm. you definitely I mean, it's the same actually honestly it's the same in mmos too so like like for example like you're playing like you know whatever mmo and like your friend like there's a, a sense of satisfaction to like i beat that dungeon versus like yes. hey i'm max level let me come down and just clear it for you like that's not fun yep. 100%. It, it, it ruins experience for you and like i will quit a game over that because it's like okay well you're telling me i have to be bored now for like you know it's just not fun and this is my uh, bring it to all... rpgs this is what my problem with private servers all right go on Matt. that's all i wanted to say i i thought that um star round had a massive universe and you basically could just avoid people if you wanted i mean not if they beam to you and just drop everything in front of you but they can't beam to you unless you add to your in party. party yeah but if you're a friend or something you will yeah, yeah. but in, in the mrpg thing too it's like um if you had like a friend like offered power level you or run you through all these dungeons that she said like i feel like that option is like always lingering in mrpgs but you i i really don't want to take that option i will sometimes because like you have always this instinct to get ahead, like, and that's a fast way to get ahead. But you really don't enjoy the game, no matter if it's an MMORPG or if it's a game like Starbound, where if your friend power levels you or just skips content for you. Like, imagine yep. you played Diablo 2 for the first time in your life, right? And as soon as you log on to Bnet, some random guy says, "Hey, I'll rush you to Max. I'll rush you to the Act Four. And he just like teleports you to all the bosses and one shots them all. 
and all of a sudden you're at the you're at late game. Like you're not gonna have fun. The progression in games is fun in a lot of games at least. And skipping that, it really destroys the game, whether it's Starbound or an MRPG. I agree with that. As long as the progression is at a decent pace, where you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're a new player and everyone is like five patches ahead, like you kind of have to expedite that. For... Yeah, that, that's, but, true, but that's then, true. But then at the same time, even if it's expedited, as long as you're progressing through the content like yourself, you have a sense of accomplishment and you kind of bond with the character that you made, I think. Like, I was playing Bland Soul and I was fighting this, like, boss in a cave, like a single-player boss, and I had, like, all the wrong gear, right? Like, I, I had the wrong st uh, skill build. It was completely wrong. I was, like, half fire, half this. It was really bad, right? And I was having a lot of trouble on this level 43 boss, level 35 boss. I was, like, level 34 or something, 35. I was having a lot of trouble with him, right? But it was my build, right? That was the problem. And somebody offered to help me. I'm like, no, go away. I want to do this by myself. And I was streaming it. It took me like an hour to beat him because, again, I, I, I had that. all the wrong builds. I think yeah. I saw that fight. You played it was a tiger. lot of fun. Is that when you played out of Tiger and you finally beat it? Yeah, I played yeah. out of It was funny because I was streaming it and then, like, after an hour of failure, right, trying to kill us, because I, with, with inefficient build, inefficient items, but it made it more fun and challenging. And after an hour of failing and wiping, I put on, okay, guys, we got this. I put on Eye of the Tiger. The first time I put on Eye of the Tiger, I beat it, right? And it was what, so what satisfying. Was it? Was it on Blade and Soul or? It was on Blade and Soul, yeah. And it, was it, it wasn't a tower? difficult. Was it tower? Sorry, no. No, it wasn't a particularly difficult boss. It was difficult because I had the wrong skill, a really bad skill build, where I had to go lightning. Because when you get lightning, when you're in lightning stance, you can just mash your right click and do a billion damage. And oh, I didn't have that. Oh, I know that. what you play now. <laughs> All right. But, <laughs> but anyway, I had the challenge. Like, if I had somebody help me there, I would have beaten the first try, right? But it was that difficulty at that moment that got me hooked on Blade and Soul. The fact that I died and had to keep trying on my own to beat it. But didn't it, it like feel so good when you beat Yes, it was like... unbelievable. I jumped up and I just smashed my like my headset on the ground. Thank God it didn't break. I was gonna upload to YouTube, but because I had added Tiger in there, it got cut off, so I couldn't. That's, that's one of the best things about Blade and Soul is just like shit like that happening. Yeah, I mean you can have the experience in other games too, but when you have a friend that just runs you through it, you lose that. Yeah, I joined the server like a couple hours after my brother, and by then he already had like the double dash, the rolling. But that, you get that very quick. Yeah. That, you get that in the first like, had, hour. Like, he had like guns and stuff. And so I, I, I kind of yeah. wanted to do the quest without him. Uh, and here's another problem with the game. I did the quest with some, another friend of mine. And at the end of the quest, like mission in Starbound, there was a chest of loot, right? And my friend got to the chest before I did. And guess what? They looted everything with one button. Get wrecked. So, yeah, you gotta, you gotta not be an asshole about that, though. I mean, like, <laughs> when I play when I play with, like, Mommy and Witchy, we, we, we share. It's like, you know, I open this up, like, like... Oh, who got the you know who got the item last? Like who needs an upgrade? Who wants this? You know, it's like kind of a sure, thing. You do it wrong. You take it all and you say, wait, it's bugged out. There's nothing in here. <laughs> what? <is it? laughs> and then it's all yours. <laughs> nice chat, all right. Bring up Steam chart. I want to see how well um, Starbound is I'll doing right do. now after the official uh, release. I think if I had to guess, I'd say it's doing spectacularly. I dropped. Did the you guys it's... play before? By the way, I I, I played a no. long time ago when Starbound first went like into Steam access mm -hmm. and the game is completely different now it's like really? so much better there's like so much to do in it the weapons you know how the weapons have abilities they didn't have that before the oh, combat no. wasn't as fun before like now it's like it's like every time you pick up a new new weapon you're like excited like oh man what kind of cool like power like witchy picked up a lightsaber like like she picks it up and like the sword just like explodes into this giant like lightsaber as like she swings it down and I'm like it's oh, awesome. crap mm -hmm. like all the other um they didn't have that before uh, it's it's pretty awesome. Player base has jumped from. So also Matt, you also played it yeah. before, right? Well, what are your thoughts on the new, the full version? Let us say. I didn't really play a whole lot of it 
this time. I don't, I don't really know what's different this time. Did you know? they have quests when you played? Was that, is that, a, was that a consistent thing? Yeah, last time I played, they had quests. Okay. Uh... It's completely different now, though, like, the quests. Like, they, they had some before, they were really minimal, but... Now there's, like, that whole intro with, like, you get attacked by the hentai tentacle mon monster and stuff. Like There is an intro now. Cool. I don't know if that intro is worth it, but at least it's whatever. You know, like, you don't actually mm -hmm. learn anything, but whatever. It kind of gives you a reason for why you're, you're yeah, traveling the yeah, stars. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, kind of neat. I like it. Alright, fair enough. Well, I'm having a lot of fun with Starbound. I'll probably end up playing it later tonight again. Uh, it's it's one of those games where you can just sink like uh, like dozens of hours, hundreds of hours into it and not even realize it. Like time flies when you're just listening to that relaxing music in the background, gathering your resources, building your base, doing your quests, upgrading your manipulator. It's it's a lot of fun. And if you haven't played it, I recommend checking it out. When I play that game, like even like the non-combat stuff is fun. So like yeah. pretty much like, you know, we have like our house in the game and like mommy and witchy go like gathering stuff. And like I just like farm and I make food. <laughs> Sure, you, you, are, you the, are you the housemaid? You the housewife? Yes. Yes. She role plays the housewife fun. in Starbound. I have like a nice garden, okay? Nice. Wow, garden. I grow I grow tomatoes and rice. Do you do you sing to your tomatoes to make them grow ripe quicker? Oh, uh, yeah, also the music system's awesome. Did you guys the Music yeah, is amazing so in the game. Yeah. Uh, you can make it I know the music in the background is great. What is the music system? No, no, no. If you if you if you get like a musical instrument, you can like play music. That's awesome. Like actual music and like and like I used to make them like long time ago. So once I got the Starbound, I like just dumped my entire like like folder mm -hmm. of music that I made for for Starbound and like I can just play like anime songs and Starbound. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll show you very, some. Very few games let you do that. I know Mabinogi let you make your music too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually where I got it from is because I, I, I had the Mabinogi music and mm -hmm. I just converted it all to like Starbound. So I have like my entire Mabinogi like library and Starbound. That's awesome. I think more games should let you do like little things like that, which make which helps you create like a virtual world beyond just the core gameplay. One the issue music I had stuff. with Starbound at the beginning. Okay, the default character type is Survivor, where you drop everything on death and, and you get hungry. I, mm -hmm. coming from Terraria, which didn't have that, at least at least not by default, that was a struggle. And uh, my next character now is casual. Um, did did it, how, how did Starbound work when you played Shu and Matt? Did you drop everything on death? Before? I don't remember before, but I know now, like, like it sucks because you die and just, just poop, you just drop everything. Like, sometimes you die for really stupid shit. Like, you're, like, walking around in the dark, and there's, like, that one little spot you didn't flashlight, and you just fall down a hole. You and fall you to your dead. death, yep. It happens yep. to me so much. But if you have a teammate, they, they actually changed it, so if you are in a party, it's a lot safer. Because mm -hmm. You can um, teleport back. You can teleport back, and now you can actually teleport, like, straight to party members, which you couldn't mm -hmm. do before. Before Super you had to convenient. teleport down to the planet, and you had to, like, walk to your, your teammates. Okay, but that's, a, that's a big die. change. Yeah, before, you can only teleport to one spot on the planet, so... Yeah, if you die, you like teleport down and you have to like go down into the caves again. But like now, it's like even if you die underground, it's like you just beam right back to your party. So lots of measure pointed out. Uh, you used to only drop pixels, and there was no difficulty selection before. So now you do have that option. So a lot has changed in Starbound. But yeah, let's 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 take it to uh, Overwatch. You know, some some of us are playing Overwatch this week, and afterwards we'll we'll jump to our weekly controversy and discussion. Let's hear it. So, All right. Well, there was an Overwatch? update today. Yeah, there was an update today for Overwatch. Uh, they nerfed McCree and they also slightly buffed Anna. And I think the Anna buffs were on point. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about McCree, I don't play McCree, so I'm not so sure about the McCree nerfs, but 
from what I've read, they kind of seem to be in line with what was necessary. Uh, you've been playing a lot of Honor, which is the new hero, right, Shu? So yeah, some, I play... You got some much-needed buffs? I have, like, 40 hours played of Honor, and, and when did she come out? She came out, like... Like, probably last a week ago or Tuesday so. Tuesday-ish. Like, last week? Yeah, I have, like, 40 hours played of Honor already. <laughs> it's really bad. But, um, yeah, they, they buffed her, uh, they increased her, her shot speed, and they also gave her they, an, a clip increase to 10 from 8. So it, it really helps a lot, I think. It, it's a really good change that's like not really going to make her play differently, but it gives a buff to people that are, like already know what's up with Ana pretty much. Like if you, it's not like the type of buff where like you can just play Ana now like easily. She's still very difficult to play. And uh, Let's the go around the table. What, level, what, what rank is everybody in uh, Overwatch? Right. I'm still only level 20. But... I went oh, no. 20 and 0 in a match, so... Level or rank? Oh, oh rank. Okay, 52. Alright. Uh, Matt is not quite, you know, level 25 to play rank. When he gets there, we'll, we'll probably all play together for at least the video. I think I'm 56 ah. right now. Sure. I have to check. I tanked pretty hard. I, I was 58 at one point, but I'm logging on right now to check. It's it's probably like 50. Sure, when you don't play without me, see what happens? You need you need that soldier on your team, right? Dude, you have no idea, like, how toxic players are. It's like, half the game's like, I just already know, I was like, okay, this game's over. Because it's like, I pick Ana and then just people start raging at me, and I was like, okay, game's over. So this over. is actually a good discussion point, too. We can, we can talk about it very briefly. Oh yeah, we were going to talk about this, yeah. Because there is a, you know, we, I think we all commented Overwatch for being pretty, you know, like, pretty tame, pretty relaxing before Ranked came out. And there were some predictions that when Ranked came out, people would be toxic. And I think that prediction is panning out to be pretty true. I mean, people I wanna, are. Whoa, hold oh, up, hold I'm up, not hold even. Up. At I never yelling at people. <laughs> I knew that. I knew the toxicity was coming. Don't forget, guys. I did mention it. Altai says he knew. I, I he never knew. doubted that it was. Yeah. I just was. I don't think I said anything about it. Matt, are people yelling in a uh, quick play too, like non-rank? No, not not in um voice chat. There aren't that many people in voice chat. It's just there was one guy going on about. Oh, it's only fun when we all talk. When are you guys gonna get in voice chat? And I'm just like, dude, what? shut the fuck that up. That is so tame, Matt. That is so. No, you don't that's even not know, what I'm talking dude. about. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I just, no, I'm saying there aren't that many people in voice chat, but there are people that will sit there and text chat and like yell at you for doing stuff wrong. And I've been yelling at people because I'm like, we don't fucking need two reapers on our team. We don't need three snipers on offense. We don't. Need Guys, guys, Matt, Matt is that guy. Matt is that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Telling us what we need. Okay, now, well, Matt, chat brings up a good point. Uh, bring, what is it? Right now? He said people are disgustingly toxic in ranked. It's actually ridiculous. And in ranked, everyone is using voice chat, right? As soon as you hop in, <laughs> the voice chat is on by default. Everyone's in there, and they, they, they immediately they, criticize your picks. <laughs> and the thing is, is it's so bad because it's like, like people like once they start getting mad about like you know, your picks and stuff, they just bring the whole team morale down. And then, you know, they're spending too much time talking that they're not focusing on the game. Their performance suffers. Your performance suffers because, like, you don't give a shit anymore because that guy's been shit-talking you the whole time. It's, like, it's fucking bad, right. dude. Like, I don't understand. Like, here's what I don't get, guys. I don't I don't get why, like, if you're playing this game, you're playing ranking, you want to win. Because that seems to be, like, why people are getting mad because they want to win, right? Yeah. Why would you shit-talk your team that does literally not, that does nothing but decrease your chances of winning? Like, if you shit-talking shit your team is, like, not going to suddenly make them, like, fucking sure. pro-status, right? So, oh, there, yeah. there, there was a game we totally wrecked the other team, right? 
and one of the guys on the other team goes, I just want to let you guys know my team is shit. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying though. It's like it's like if you say that now your team like just feels like well fuck you then right? Sure. And then yeah, I know. I was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, I, I don't care about people's picks as long as it's not like three fucking snipers on offense. Why do you do this to well, me? Well, Matt, Matt, you're gonna you're gonna be happy. Snipers are better on offense, actually, Matt. But you're gonna be but happy three with uh, three. You're gonna be happy in ranked, Matt, because in ranked you can't do a double pick. You can only pick one of each yeah, hero for team. In ranked. There are still three snipers. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't. Hanzo, at least, Anna, and what make? At least they're not the same sniper, okay? And the other thing is, um, I hate when the level five guy that has barely played is like, "We need a support." I'm like, "Just play fucking support. You've not played oh, any of these enough." Guys, we yeah. got some, we got a real elitist over here. Not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like they're sitting there like telling people what to choose, and I'm like, you've barely played. God oh my damn. God. When, when Matt plays rank, he's gonna be that guy. Like guys, I'm like higher level. I'm like, like look at me. I'm I'm rank. That's uh, not rank what I mean. 60. I'm just like, <laughs> rank 60, rank 50. Like how dare you tell me what to do? I'm no, okay I'm with pulling rank. That. I'm saying they're sitting there with no choice. Like we need a support. I'm like, then you fucking play support. You oh, yeah, that, really, that, that really irritates me too. It's like, it's like can you um. Guys, we need like it's like half the time like I play Anna like I first pick Anna, and then like everyone else picks their own thing and they're like, yeah guys, uh, we need like another support like uh, no no we need we need a different support like pick a different support. I'm like I pick for I pick first you 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 pick another support like the fuck like. I'm okay with throwing down a uh, rank. Okay, if I'm playing, I'm rank like 57, right? And some some if I'm somehow in a game with some 45 scrub. I don't want to hear it, all right? I don't want to hear his bitching, all right? He can't tell me what to do. All right, oh man, oh man. What would you rather have, though? Would you rather, would you rather have the guy play what he's good at, or would you rather play, like, I'd rather play what they're good at, obviously. he's fucking garbage at, right? I'd obviously like, play what they're good at. It's and like, exactly. That, got... oh, that has limits. If you don't have a tank, and you don't have a support, I would rather somebody play tank or support Dude, than I have one game that. for tank support. Okay, just right. throw there. Like... Right. I, I, I gotta throw one mini story. <laughs> All right. I was playing, I think, with Shu and Witchy the other day, and somebody says, literally in voice chat, we have a Pharah on the team, right? And he goes, okay, guys, we need some more ground DPS. Oh, ground yeah, DPS? That. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And he's like, Is uh, it it, it, it does, you gotta get off Farah. <laughs> he says that. Like, why do you just say that? Why would you say we need more ground DPS? Remember only one flying guy. I remember when I said, I said, I said, um, I said Farah's fine because they don't have Winston. He's the only electric type. <laughs> <laughs> but like, who says we need more ground DPS in Overwatch? That makes no sense. Like, there's only one flying guy. No, it's just a fancy way of saying get off Farah. Like. Like, when is Farah ever an issue on your team either? Like, you never, like, rarely did no, you say get off Farah. works on almost everything. Yeah. There, there are a few of them that I wouldn't choose Farah because there's no verticality yeah. when you have she's... the points, but that's it. She's, she's pretty, she's pretty, um, like, nerfed in the curtain but, like, who cares? Because of shit, it's like, it's not like we're playing in, like, 70 plus or anything. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, we're playing the Duke League. Our picks in meta doesn't even matter. I've actually been surprised, but like almost Which everyone Farrah's I know nerfed? is in the 50 range, like low to mid 50s. Um, Wait, Farrah's been nerfed? I've been getting like at least 20 kills she in got, okay, every she game She got with nerfed Farrah. by the fact that McCree got buffed, if that makes sense. Right. <laughs> I don't know, guys, Widow's you, been my greatest like, Do you guys have any friends that are out of that 50 range? Like significantly uh, so? Tubby and Chicken are both 59, I think. 
Oh, oh no, we have a friend. We have a uh, shoe's friend is like 67 or something. Oh wow. Is she be? She be? Yeah. Yeah. She be yeah. pretty high. He, play, he plays Counter Strike like really well though. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I've yeah, generally been pretty surprised at how, in the middle, almost everyone I know has been. Yeah, we're all we're all filthy casuals right now. We're uh, uh, we're gonna play Overwatch after the podcast, right? Aren't we? Let let the record show that my teammates are holding me back. I'd be like rank hundred by now, I guess. Oh, wow. Obviously. <laughs> All right. All it's right. Just, it's just this witchy and shoe character holding me back. Yeah. Um. We're we're gonna be streaming Overwatch after the podcast. So this mm-hmm. is for all of you YouTube plebs. Um, watch the show live. <laughs> or else. All right. Let's let let's take it to the the weekly discussion slash controversy. I think Altai found this one, so I'll let him uh take take it. Are we doing the okay? So I was perusing the uh, Reddit's. And I came across a really cool picture. And basically, the, the I'll, I'll show the whole Reddit thread, I guess. It was on our yeah. uh, gaming. Basically, it says, game developers should never, ever be afraid to innovate. And uh, here's, a, here's a quote from a, a review of a game, 2000, a shooter. Quote, the game's control setup is its most terrifying element. The left analog stick moves you forward, back, and straight, right, and left, while the right analog stick turns you and you can be used to look up and down. Basically, they're describing what is now the only way to play an FPS on a console. But when this, came, when this first came out, it was like, it terrified people, apparently, including professional critics, right? And I remember this era, pre this method, where like games like Turok for N64, basically a lot of N64 games, had this st- one stick, and I just remember it being an awful control scheme. And uh, so, never be afraid to try something new. It could definitely become the next paradigm that just seems so obvious. Uh, so... Uh, big lesson there for MMORPG developers. So much of what we do now is so cookie cutter. Somebody's got to try something new. Thoughts? I think it's funny people trying new stuff. Well, I want to agree with that for a second because, I mean, I, I did, you know, like, criticize previously that, like, not having PvE servers could be a detriment to a game because players want that. But I do think you do have to just do what you want and create something different and ignore what people think. That's the only way you're going to get something different. So, you yep. know, you do have to, like, applaud the people just doing something crazy different. Otherwise, we're going to get more games that are just really, really vanilla. Like, how many, like, when a new game launches, it just seems like, like, Rise of Icarus was a pretty polished game. It had its unique, like, the pet system was nice. But, like, let's be real. How generic was the experience of Rise of Icarus from, from, you know, level 1 to 25, quest hubbing, this, that? Like, how generic was it? Oh, I, I could almost do it, like, in second nature because I've done it so many times. Like, you know, like, kill the boars, kill the rats, repair, like, yeah. pick the ten berries from the plants. Um, so there was, there was some relaxation involved, but it was pretty cookie-cutter. It was boilerplate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are, are, are we going to see a big innovation that becomes a new standard in MRPGs? Like, what, what part, portion of a game you played recently, guys, do you think will be more prevalent or almost, almost uh, in every game? Honestly, I think I think it's hard for MMORPGs to innovate because MMORPGs, like the resources it takes to create an MMORPG and the time, is like it's it's just too much. And like, you know, when you have money on the line, like investors, they kind of want to see results that are not super risky. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's at the same time that's hard. So I feel like a lot of the games coming out that are going to be more innovative are going to be more in like the indie or startup space more so than 
Oh. Any big company. And but that's you like, can have certain like, elements. Okay, but it's like EverQuest Next, okay? Everybody thought EverQuest Next was going to be super innovative and it was going to be new and different, right? Mm -hmm. And then they come out and they say, oh, all this innovation, none of it was fun, so we canceled it. <laughs> all right. Here's what I think what happened. Here's like, like, no, no, that's probably not what happened. They probably did think it wasn't fun. I can't imagine they put that much into it without like thinking that it wasn't going anywhere. I mean, but, they but put they out gave a up. baked product. Yes, but then they gave up is the problem. But, they you gave up, start, but you know why they gave up? If you have to start from square one, it's not worth it. Imagine but, the research and development cost goes into every new feature that you're trying to test and make sure it works. And then you add another thing on top of it, and then you'd have to test and make sure it works, and that's fun. Then you add another thing on top yeah. of it, and you have to test and make sure it works, and that's fun. Imagine that you've gotten at least half of the way there, and you've spent millions of dollars on it, and it's just yes. crap. You know? Okay, but, but you can backpedal and then work on it. But here's what they got. It's Overwatch did this though, right? If they're going to backpedal. No, but here's the issue. Daybreak was bought by a... It was Sony Entertainment was bought by a private equity group, and private equity groups are notoriously nearsighted when it comes to profits. They want to make profit now, you know? They want to cut all the fat, cut, close everything that's not making money now. Why pump money into this game that's a big question mark? Because it was a big question mark. It wasn't even out yet, and they were trying all this new shit, and they said, you know what? All this new shit, we might not make money on it. Cut it immediately. I'm pretty sure they just spent too much making it. But, um, yeah, also, they're saying in chat, Blizzard said the same thing about Titan, and then Titan became Overwatch. So... I, I think there's a point where you, you do something that's so different, it just isn't fun. You know, and that's why we don't see a whole lot of innovation. It's worth mentioning well, I mean, that EverQuest Next was canceled after they were bought out by the private equity group. Sony didn't cancel them. I mean, there's a difference between, like, actually, like, organically innovating and innovating for the sake of innovating, right? It's like, I think that's where you run into problems, is when you have people that are like, I'm going to change this because it has to be changed so I can be unique, and that like causes problems. You want to create something fun, that's just different for the sake of exactly. it. Exactly. Fun fun should be like the, the bottom line. You need you need developers that are in line with gaming and like, you know, they, they play games and they can how do I explain? Like you, you just can't have like some people that are calling the shots that don't really play games. You that's kinda of why I hate the whole thing with when people argue about whether there's gonna be innovation or not, because it doesn't matter to me. It's it, it it is about whether or not it's fun, because there are a ton of innovative games that aren't any fun at all. Yeah, that's true. Tons. And that happened at the forefront of the VR movement. All these games that had were different genres in VR, they were innovative, but like people were like, none of these are fun. That's like true. Like what? Do you have an example? Just random crap that came out for VR. A, a lot, of the, like a lot of the VR stuff is shovelware that's been out, honestly. It's I mean, like it's all innovative, that. but... But it's, it's all, it's, we're on the, again, that's also like, they're, they're not, they're really demos. There's very few like real products on there from big companies yet. I haven't yes, seen uh, any of the new VR games lately. Yeah. Let me but be, see what came that, out recently. I, I want to say, though, you can also make a game without like changing everything from the ground up. Like, look at the combat system in Blade and Soul. I thought that was pretty innovative. I mean, it was a really polished, skill based, like quick response style action combat, which was that's rewarding. That's hard to do. That is it really, was, really but the beauty of that is they Blazor didn't change up the MMORPG genre. Everything else is pretty vanilla, right? Would you say it's unique, Omer? Yes, very I'd say unique. it's unique. I'd say it's very unique. I'm just saying that um, it's it's very 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 hard to do responsive combat in an MMO setting. Yes, because there's latency issues, and, and latency is one of the biggest issues in Blazor combat and PvP. People complain about latency all day, and that is and the, a real issue. That's why they don't do it very often. That's why Terra's still based around tap targeting mechanics with a um, action 
like but, control scheme. But I think they pulled they with the challenge they still pulled it off pretty well. Like that aspect of the game, I think most people like. I, don't th I think there are there are a lot but, of issues with Blade and Soul. That I don't think the combat is one of them. But the point is, it's it's hard and. Yeah, Seasoft is a really rich company. Yes, they are really. As as I did a video on their financial state, they are very well off. Yes, and I set you they, up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> they can, okay, a company like NTSoft can afford to take risks, as can Nexon. Like some of these big companies can afford. Like if they put like hundred, even even a hundred million dollars, and they, the the game goes nowhere. Like a company like NTSoft can afford to do that. A company like Nexon can afford to do that, and Blizzard can do that. Obviously, these small indie companies can't do that, which is why I think. Innovate like, for for a big budget for these big games. It's I think it's gonna come from a big company, where they make a game where one aspect of the game is innovative and different, and because of that it'll, it'll do well. Well, the thing also is if a company aims high, right? Uh, yeah. Doesn't mean even if they fail, doesn't mean everything is lost. There there's, there are lessons learned. For example, uh, Overwatch was supposed to be Titan, mm -hmm. so uh, and Titan was supposed to be a sci-fi shooter with all these character you know crazy characters saying like. Uh, Futuristic Earth, uh, which mm -hmm. is what Overwatch is. So, uh, some of the, I, I think a lot of the setting, and even maybe graphic style, was salvaged from Titan. So we got, we didn't get an MRPG, we didn't get what we wanted, but we got something we're all enjoying, right? Overwatch. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that didn't really happen with EverQuest. All we got was this stupid, what's it called? Uh, uh, found Landmark, Landmark, Landmark. Yeah. We got Landmark. So that was a flop flop, but at least with uh, Overwatch and Titan, we got something out of it. All right, Titan cost Blizzard fifty million dollars or more, according to analysts, right? Mm -hmm. But they they got but they got you know over two hundred seventy million dollars in sales like within a couple like days. So yeah, they got it all back and then some. Yeah. So again, if you aim for something different, if if your initial vision doesn't pan out, you can still turn you can turn you know you can make something out of it, which is actually mm -hmm. an That's interesting story. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, fun fact about Discord. I don't know if you guys use Discord. It was actually an internal chat client for a mobile game developer. And when their mobile game failed, they're like, wait a minute, we still have this custom chat client based on uh, the old IRC uh, system. And they, they launched that as their product. So don't be afraid to try new things. You can try something, you can, you can figure it out from there. Right. I know Altai was telling me earlier about like, because we were discussing what would be like the next like innovation. What, what could be different in games going forward? Altai had a bit of an idea. Maybe you want to talk about that with the multi-platforms. I don't know if like, I'm ready to, I don't know if I'm ready to, uh, Unveil the grand Unveil plan. Unveil that secret vision. You have no, to no, you've talked about it before, like a multi-platform kind of game where some people end up playing on mobile, other people end up playing on desktop, yep. and it takes event and, right, and allow right, it matches right, casuals and hardcore players. Right, so maybe since, talk since you're forcing briefly. me into it, here we go. Biggest problem previous MMORPG fans have, which is something I keep hearing from people, is I no longer have the time, right? Because today we have mobile devices, PCs, you know, tablets, whatever, and VR for like the hardcore people, and each segment of that audience right has different time commitments different interests so my thought on how to, a way to revive this genre because mmorpgs need people they need a community they need a community of people into different things whether it's crafting casual socialization the hardcore raiders we need them all to, in one world and we're not getting that these days the casuals are going to candy crush the hardcores are going to the you know diminishing raids and eve online and uh the middle is somewhere like in overwatch i guess or league mm -hmm. so i want to bring that all together in one world so imagine like a sci-fi world MMORPG, where you have people mining asteroids by doing Connect 3 on their phone, right, for their guild. Then you got people on their PCs like us driving battleships or, or fighter jets, right, in space. That would be like, a really good idea, actually. And, not, and the final touch, the hardcore player with a VR 
room, right, with a VR headset in a room, he's, he's piloting the Gundam that's super mega strong. And it takes like a dozen to hundreds of players to beat him, right? Or another Gundam. But he's got to play well, or, or else he just loses. So now you can, you can cater to the hardcore, the midcore, and the casual, all in one world. They're all helping each other, and they're all, um, you know, contributing to one endeavor together. That's and, kind of a neat way to bring people together, I yeah. think, with the different... And, yeah. And even if you don't bring, like, the VR into it, too, just, like, talking, like, like, being able to play a Connect 4 match style, like casual mobile game and having an impact on like a greater scale like imagine what you're doing on a simple game having an impact on a bigger mmo world can make it more exciting for both the mobile player and the people on the pc client like because yeah, the, the will feel like they are taking a part in something like rather than just yeah. playing on their own you know you get these shitty points but who cares about that you know you get the three stars for being the level but no now you feel like okay you know if i do this well like, it'll give you a reason, like, okay, I'm in the bathroom, I'm, I'm going to grind the shit to help my guild, you know, I'm going to play this Connect 4 mining, asteroid mining game, and freaking get it, my guild the points. Think of it bridging generations, too, right? Like, because there's, like, a lot of, like, older people that play, like, mobile, like, Connect mm -hmm. 4 games and stuff, and then imagine, like, then they could talk about it with people, yeah. you know, of our generation and be like, hey, I did this, and, and then you're like, oh, good job, that really helped us out, you know? So, that, and, like, yeah, like, how cool is that, right? Yeah, I, and you know, could do that, you could contribute to your factions, like, Conquest of something else, you know, like where the heart, like it really allows casual, older, and like it, it mixes age groups as well as casual and hardcore, like being able to contribute to the same like endeavor. Like it gives you a common purpose. Do it, MMOs.com. It's a big like, MMOs.com studio. Games need, like, I, I feel like it'd be really cool to be able to, like, when I play a mobile game to help some bigger, greater world rather than just that one shitty game I'm playing at that moment. Yep. I mean, that's one idea of where things can innovate too. Obviously, we're not saying that's going to be the, the thing. But you don't need to just have gameplay elements to change. You could have, like, you could split the game into segments like mobile and split the hardcore and casual audiences and have them come together in a different way. So there's many different ways to make things different. So, I mean, amazing. look at how how crazy like Pokemon has already like kind of bridged like yeah. people together that like aren't really into the same thing usually. But it's like, mm -hmm. it's like. Pokemon can be talked about now with, like, people who normally, like, you wouldn't be able to talk to them about it, you know? Like, really throwing things out there. I mean, think about what a game like this could do, you know? Yeah. One day, guys, one day, when we're done with the WoW clones and, uh... And I want to say it's very important in this kind of world, with this kind of game, to segment the role of the different platforms, right, in, in the same world. Because you have some games today, like Albion Online, the new Lineage, where it's multi-platform, but they're all doing the same thing. And when you have a system like that, it just kind of it just kind of gimps the mobile players, right? Because the mm -hmm. mobile players can't keep up with the PC players, even on Overwatch and stuff, right? They got to segment the players because certain, you know the different platforms can't keep up with the PC. So it's important that we split their roles from the beginning. I think. I don't think that's an issue on tab targeting, though. Well, it depends on the yeah, it depends on the combat system. That's true. Matt, Matt, if, if, if we're rating Final Fantasy fourteen, there's a difference. Yeah. If we're raiding yeah, and you're on a mobile, get Fantasy. the hell out of my party. Yeah, imagine you playing Final Fantasy XIV on a mo on a phone. And I'm playing on my PC. I, I don't want you in my party. A tablet, it would be fine. The, I mean, you no. can buttons. It, it look not, I you, mean, we're missing we're missing the point here. Is that the old the the people that you'd be trying to reach with this are like the casual gamers who are not gonna play that shit anyway. So give them a game they would play that impacts the bigger game that yes. they want to build. The mobile audience so, really doesn't want to play the right hardcore. Yeah, I think Arhan is right in in that regard. All right, Altai bringing big ideas to the table. 
All right, he's the idea, man. Somebody make it happen, you know? I'd be so excited if someone made this game. It'd be the best. And I think that if you did something like this, it's a good way to integrate VR because you, it could be small, like a small touch. Like each guild would have one or two, like, you know, VR mechs or whatever. Um, but it, it'd be a good way to kind of introduce people to VR slowly too, rather than kind of isolate it. Because right now... Because not everybody needs it to participate exactly. in this, like, yeah. Because it's multi-platform. There's always a few people have it. Like, it, it connects VR It connects VR to a much bigger game, a bigger experience with other people. Like imagine even otherwise you have a tiny Titans, base. Imagine the Titan, that rarity, right? Imagine the Titans are actually... The Titan equivalent in this world, the super thing, is <laughs> just a Gundam. They can, like, take out a fleet by itself. That'd be really cool, though. Playing a Gundam on VR, like... Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be you so awesome. You literally have like a thousand people trying to stop you, but like, you know, if you're good, you can just kill them all. And isn't like a single Titan in EVE Online like worth like thousands of dollars? Yeah, yeah. So, so like you're literally inside a machine that costs thousands. And, and this proves that guilds are willing to invest the money if the game is good. Like imagine you have to buy like a, like a, one of those Japanese arcade machines with the VR. It costs like, let's say five thousand, ten thousand dollars. I think yeah. guilds would invest if they're willing to invest what in EVE. Okay, now we're going a little bit too far. No, 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 no. People imagine spend three thousand dollars on a custom Titan. VR like like a cabinet in your room. It would cost more than that. Well, whatever. Guilds <laughs> are willing to invest like fifty thousand in Eve. Yeah, in that one battle on Eve, apparently five hundred grand worth of like Titans were lost in the wreckage. All right, so you can recreate an anime. It's like oh, he's, it's 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 like the masked bandit. Like it just kills everything or whatever. But the beauty of that system too, where you have like where you connect mobile to hard to casual to hardcore and then VR, like and have these big epic things, and Eve does it. It really brings a sense of scale and like allows people to be heroes because yeah. it really creates a world where accomplishments and your legacy and your notoriety actually mean something. When because the yeah. world would be so big, you connect because multi-platform, multi-hardcore casuals. You could really accomplish cool things. People would know who you are. Like oh. if you're really good on the mech or something, yeah. people be like, "Damn." Well, that's that's the enough pipe dreaming for one for one <laughs> session, guys. Let's uh, let's go to something more realistic. And a game that's actually coming out. Uh, All right. Potentially. And Matt, you had a. Uh, oh, okay. So Forsaken Legends. Right. Okay. Let me go get this call. Or no, I gotta get a video. Right. Yeah. Find a video. All right. So well, every week it. we yeah, talk. Uh, we want to go in depth on an upcoming game. Uh, we so far we've done shards online and we've done, I believe, crowfall, correct? Yep. So this week we're gonna do uh, Matt's Forsaken game? Legends. Forsaken Legends. Uh, it's not my game, but it's your <laughs> game, Matt. It's your game now. It's your puppy. <laughs> All right. So Forsaken Legends is another game that is going to be using spatial OS. It's an, a sandbox MMORPG set in a procedural world, and it it actually has some really cool features right so since it's an infinite world and they want to keep everybody in the same server what they're going to do for pve and pvp areas they're going to have it's going to be split into quadrants the world starting from the central point your starting point mm -hmm. and based on which way you go you're going to be in a pvp zone a pve zone a pve hardcore or a pvp hardcore zone Wait, what do you mean infinite world it's procedurally generated it just goes on forever that's pretty awesome right there. But but based on which way you go, you're in either PvP or PvE zones. Mm -hmm. It's not, not like crazy? Like, how has no one thought of that before? But wait, but, but, uh, but, but the way, wouldn't that be like an issue? If somebody's like, hey, bro, follow me. I want to show you something really cool. And he takes you to a PvP zone. And you, like, you, you step one foot and he just That's an you. issue in every game with <laughs> Hey, bro, there's a really cool shit over here. Bro, just check it out. Trust me. And he... But, um... They're also, I, I was really worried with the procedural generation that they're going to have issues with people hermiting up. Because I, I read a lot about 
Haven and Hearth for a while, and there's mm-hmm. basically no one interacted in that game. That world was big enough that everybody just became a hermit and like lived on their own. And if anybody came by, they'd like siege them and use mm-hmm. the broken siege mechanics to destroy everything. Well, apparently, what's going to happen is so I, the way that um, they described land ownership is like they're going to have something like landmark where you can like claim land in the somewhere in the world just in the world right Mm -hmm. and you'll have a certain plot that will be of a different like any size like shape that you want and the size might grow based on a builder skill that you have to level up and then as you level it you'll get a larger plot Mm -hmm. but then what's going to happen is you can like when you adventure they're hoping that they can have like a gps system where you can like put coordinates down and share them with like friends and guilds and then they're gonna have like teleportation systems that work within the game lore so you don't have to walk like three hours to find your friends Mm -hmm. so i mean they're they're gonna make it so that you can work around the fact that it's infinite but at the same time unlike games like landmark i'm assuming i haven't played it um there's not a limited amount of space you can just keep going and they've done they've put a lot of like thought at least i don't know if they've done a whole lot with it like in the game but they put a lot of thought at least into how the procedural generation is going to work and they're going to be different biomes they're going to be like set pieces that they're going to put down and they're going to have world bosses that okay so i have to go back a second um starting at the starting zone as you walk away from it Mm -hmm. the starting point the level and mobs will go up like and you have mobs that can fight each other and level up based on fighting each other but they're gonna like the overall level is going to go up as you go away from the starting zone. So then you're also going to have world bosses that can be in specific biomes. And these different world bosses might be like a powered up version of another boss or something. But you can, as you go out, based on how far out you are and like what biome you're in, it may you may find a boss in that area. It'll spawn in that area based on certain conditions. And it'll that boss has a chance to spawn as you go farther out from that zone but not anywhere closer and Look, then this looks like rust but like mrpg is that a fair assessment i don't know yet I, it's not nearly the building, the building look look like a lot like rust in their building yeah, style. The, the building style might be a lot like rust but um then they also have the pvp systems right so there are two different pvp systems and if you're in a pvp zone you can just go and siege another person's castle or something and it's all physics-based because they're running on Spatial OS and they can afford to do that. And basically, if you hit like the cornerstone or the foundation of a building, the whole thing will collapse. And you'll watch it collapse like in real time. And that's crazy. But um, if you're not in a PvP zone, you can also fight guilds like or someone else's house or something. And what will happen is it'll instance out your plot and their plot, right? And you'll be able to fight on an instanced version of the map that won't be reflected in the real world. Mm. And um, they aren't 100% sure what the modes are going to be, but they could talk like they're talking like they could have like an attack defend mode or both could be attacking and defending at the same time, kind of like Neverwinter Strongholds. Um, There's a lot of stuff they said they could do. Uh, And then they'll have like runes that'll affect what loot that you get or stones I think they called them and like you can like drop you can put on this stone on your gear and it, it'll 
give you a better chance of getting the gear that you want for your build. And your builds, you can like change it whenever you want, basically. And you can have like your PvP build and your PvE build, stuff like that. Hmm. And okay, so questions. Let's see. Wait, right. What did you? Do you guys have any questions about it? How is, is the it... development cycle like? How, is this when? When can I expect to be able to play this full release? The full release? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, it's a ways away. Right. Okay. I'm looking at the official website, and it says they're going to have a subscription model. I think we all discussed this a couple weeks ago, and I think subscription models for new games are dead. What are they thinking? Uh, um, depends on their ambition. If it's like a $200 million project, you're right. But but this is not going to be a $200 million project. Well, then, then it's okay. Studio, then, it? then they might be okay. That's what I'm saying. It, a small player base is not bad if your costs are low, and, you're, and you can create new... Because but a game like, okay. the world is infinite. But the way I had it... Okay, yeah. let me go find it. The way it was explained to me, basically, is the reason that they're going with a subscription is because they can support the server costs and not have to afford to do, like, a pay-to-win or forcing people to pay for cosmetics. It's... Spatial OS apparently is going to, like, cut down the costs, but they're going to have, like, a specific cost per user, mm -hmm. and their subscription is going to allow them to cover that and make money and never ask for anything else, basically. I mean, I, I do like the subscription model in the fact that you can have a subscription and no cash up and nothing else. Like, that's, you know, you pay for what you get. It's very simple. But a game that is advertising itself as, you know, procedurally generated, infinite world, a game like this to thrive, I would think needs a big player base. Like, I, I wouldn't want to play a game like this with, like, if there's 100 players online, but if there's a couple thousand on one server, That that's the pull of the game. An MMORPG especially, especially an ambitious one like this, I would imagine needs a big community to make it fun. Have the castle sieges, have the kind of like crazy exploration and the, the building in the world to be, a, you know, really attractive. Buzzcut, you know, that's something I'm unclear about. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't actually ask that. Um, and Cookie Waver, right now, uh, there's just like a male human model. And they're going to be female models and customization on top of the male female models and but it's i think it's i don't know if they're gonna be like anywhere near good looking at the end of it i i can't tell you the graphics don't look great but i do like the fact they went with a slightly cartoony model so that can like hide the, the mm -hmm. lack of detail better like uh that wow yeah. i think it's like a slight 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 wow vibe like, wow yeah. slash uh, wow and rust mix in a blender that that's that's not a that, that's pretty that seems pretty fair i think the character right? models and, yeah, yeah the world and the trees and stuff <laughs> let's just talk about like the density of the grass though that i i love where games are going with this with hmm. the whole density of like flora and fauna everywhere it looks so nice but that's Compared that's to the credit the that's the credit of the engines though like the engines have been spending yeah, a lot of time making the little details like grass and draw i miss a detail stuff. what engine especially was unreal engine 4. yeah it's unreal? this is in unity 5. Oh, unity, this is unity. In unity it does 5. yeah it does yeah. look slightly like unity this uh this not this will be a one only a one server game that's great but you i need for me to like, th th yeah, like this goes well with the discussion we had earlier about games doing things different you know applaud the developers behind this game for doing the procedurally generated world in an mmorpg we've seen it done in survival games but we haven't seen it done in an mmorpg has there been a procedurally generated mmorpg before this i don't think so uh there have been procedurally generated like dungeons in a game maybe dungeons and yes like, i'm not counting that runescape just added the procedurally generated islands but like it's yeah. always just a portion yes 
So seeing this is like, it, 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 it's good that I want to see developers trying new things. And I hope it works out for them. And like the concept, if done right, could be a lot of fun. But it seems a big undertaking to make an MMORPG in this world. Like, look how far Rust has gotten. It's been like forever since Rust first launched. But like, the scope of Rust is still not as big as I would like it to be. Yeah. And for an MMORPG to function in a procedure-generated world, I feel like you need a lot of content and a lot of things to do. I think this is going to be primarily focused on the whole building and like PvP aspects. So like a really expanded Starbound slash, you know. I I don't really know yet. It's yeah. it's. It's I mean, they can say a lot. It's just where it actually ends up and what it ends up feeling like. It's gonna yeah. be a while before we know. Conceptually, it sounds awesome, though. I mean, it's good I, to see small studios do stuff like this. And they did say that the subscription, like as far as their current calculations, as he put it, it should be under ten dollars. But that probably means somewhere around seven or eight. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see it being five, not even slightly. Oh, somebody mentioned Trove procedurally generated. Uh, right, Trove is procedurally yes, that, generated. Yes, that's one of the few. Ah, yeah, but it's also got that weird instancing thing, so it's... Yeah. I, I forget about it. Trove is actually really fun, is though. It, I mean, is you it procedurally... Yeah, but... Yeah, it is procedurally yeah, generated. Multiple people are just sharing the different instances. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... gorgeous. It's procedurally yeah, generated, but... Um, the dungeons aren't. They're all... They're mm -hmm. randomly placed, but they're yes. all, like... Handmade. Guys, whatever happened to Cube World? You guys remember Cube World? <laughs> what happened uh, to that game? The two-man development team just kind of like faded into oblivion, basically. That's what so, I get. So they took they took everyone's money and then just like, hey, we made a lot of money, peace. Well, I think the problem with Cube World is it was always slow going, and people just didn't realize how slow going it was until they had their money. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the guy doesn't update a lot, so that doesn't help either. But it's he still comes back every time. now and then. He's still there somewhere. The last update was uh, 2014. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, he, that's not what I meant by update. I meant like Twitter updates. Oh, he still t tweets. Where's the Twitter at? <laughs> so we also mentioned Path of Exile is being procedure generated. So yeah, there. But that's an ARPG. It's not the is same thing. As, like, no, it's not. Persistent. There's a campaign. Yeah. Isn't there it? You when go. you leave. Isn't it every time you leave town, it's a little different? Yeah, but it's it's different in the way sure, Diablo yeah, 2 was, where like there's a yeah. few possibilities, you know, like a few things. For... I'm checking. You know all what right, I'm saying? All right. I don't. Yeah. Really, I know. I mean, Diablo 2, you could say it was pursued, but it was, it followed the same gist. Like every time you went into Den of Evil, it was slightly different, but not really. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's still so a good they game. They do have, but... you know, people looking at the page for uh. uh there, you can you can buy Alpha Access right now for like thirty bucks for this game, Forsaken Legends. Uh, have you played it yet? Have you asked? I'll ask it for copies for us to take a look and, at. Uh, I've played it a little bit. I got um, a copy for myself, and I'm going to stream it at some point. Um, it's not a lot there yet. Yeah, there's a lot of work to do, I imagine. So I say, I, I mean, if people are interested in it, I say wait on it until we see a little bit more. But the concept is beautiful. I mean, if, if you just want to support it, too, you can do it that way. But I'm usually pretty hesitant on supporting games that are coming out. So I'll, I'll take a look see myself and see how far we are in feature development here does it give you a lifetime subscription i don't think so i think it's just pay no. as you use no healer tank cringe <laughs> all right well that's uh i mean i'll check it out when it comes out uh props enough for making something different i think we can you know we're all a little bit tired of the the wow clones and the the basic games we've seen for a long time so at least these guys are doing something different I want to steer the conversation through a funny 
article that I think Sean linked earlier today, if everyone's good with it. Do it. All right. Take a look at this, guys. I thought oh, this was I saw good. this earlier. This is hilarious. This is hilarious. I just saw this right now, earlier today because Sean linked it in the Skype chat before he left. A man blames Nexon for game addiction, and then he crashes his car into Nexon's head office. It's from the Korea Herald, I guess the local paper slash news source from there. So the guy drove his car through the glass doors at, uh, at the Nexon HQ. And his reasoning is that Lee admitted to wrongdoing and told the police that he had been angry that he had become addicted to games created by the company. He, had, he said he had committed the act on impulse after drinking. <laughs> so basically, you make games that are too good. I get addicted. I'm mad. I guess he lost his job or something. I, or ruined I his guess life. his personality is the same kind of personality that gets stuck in these microtransaction shops. You know, like he opens the loot box. Hmm, I didn't get what I wanted. I'm mean, gonna keep going. <laughs> Very <laughs> impulsive guy. <laughs> yeah, and then I guess he impulse like, he drank. He's like, I'm pissed off. I guess I'm gonna go drive my car. Like, that's crazy. That this would happen. Like, the guy's he's not a kid either. Like, if he's like 20, maybe he's like couldn't make good decisions. Who knows? You know. But the guy's 33, and he just. Unreal. That this, that this would happen in... I mean, this this gives me credit that next time makes, I guess, some pretty they, good games. They, 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 they did their game like seriously in Korea, alright? <laughs> if somebody, like, makes a game like that, like, addictive, that I, I feel like I'm so addicted to it that I have to get my revenge on them, they make some good games, alright? <laughs> that's, that's a plus. Like, if anything, if, if it was, like, if I was next time, I'd, rather, I'd put that in my ad. Our game was so addicting and fun, this guy felt the need to crash his car into our headquarters because our games were that good. <laughs> that should be in their ad. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right, but well, yeah. Um, I want to quickly... I don't want to go too much in depth because we, we mentioned it last few times, but Pokemon Go is still, is still pretty much dominating the charts on mobile. And the big reveal is... It's only 10% right? complete. Oh, yes. So, here's an issue with the game. Uh, I think we're all getting burnout, right? Is that fair to say? I just haven't had time. Really? I, I have not had the two to three hours at a time I need to go and walk around the past week. I think once you get to, like, level 20, uh, it becomes pretty clear that, like, there's very little content currently. Uh, and they, they And this is highlighted by the fact that they just released the team leader art, right? Like, this is nothing, mm -hmm. right? It's just art for these characters, for the teams. Mm -hmm. And... The team actually said the game is only 10% done. It's 10% of what they want. Uh, if they don't start adding content, they're gonna, I think they're going to start falling off. But a more interesting discussion I want to bring up concerning this is what old franchise... I know, I know Pokemon is still popular, but what old franchise do you think will be revived on mobile next? Are we going to see Tamagotchi, Digimon? Uh, what do you guys oh, think? Tamagotchi would be great. Tamagotchi. Imagine Tamagotchi app. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Who who owned the Tamagotchi here? Huh? Hell Dude, yeah! I actually own one. Hell do you yeah. remember the, the, the you know, was shit? Having one was a shit back then, dude. It was amazing. Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, AR Yu-Gi-Oh! Like you can put the cards oh, down, yeah. and you see them in the AR, like on the camera, come up. Oh, that'd be pretty badass. So so, what do you guys in chat think of your team leaders now? And like, are you happy wow. with it? Like your team or? Team Mystic. Team Mystic. Lodge is a hottie. I, I'm, I'm quite pleased with Mystic. I see a lot of Mystic Wait, players, Mystic's actually. Wait, Mystic's a girl? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, boy. Someone link it to me, please. Aren't they all girls? Is Spark a no, girl, no, too? No, Spark is the only dude. 
Can you uh, link he it looks, to me? Uh, yeah, I'll put it in podcast. He dropped it in the... I think I think Digimon fits really well into mobile as well. I mean, they were always Digimon were always in the digital verse, you know. So mobile and the internet seems like a good place for them. I I think Digimon just needs an actual good game. I mean, it's not even that they were MMOs that the last two failed. It's just like in the West at least, it's just kind of like they were dull. Wait, yeah. T Team Mystic is a is a guy or? It's non-binary is what everyone's conclusion is. Oh wow! Wow! So progressive. Okay, so instead <laughs> of not binary, okay, what so... chromosomes does this, does it have? I'm curious. Uh, I think. It... What if it has like like three or four? <laughs> I th I think it's hilarious though the way they organize them because they have the female on the left, the non-binary in the center, and the guy on the right. <laughs> So funny. I think I think you're all making assumptions about their gender. I don't think we should we should assume their gender. All right, we don't know. You're right. Spark is the only female. <laughs> I know. What if they're they're, they're pulling a fast one on you? Kendall is actually the male. Spark is actually the female. It's actually kind of funny. being a, a, a presumptive asshole. Okay, they we have to show that. this meme now. See it. <laughs> Titanic sunk in 2016. I think we, I, I think, I feel like we brought this up like five times, but it's worth it. It's always worth it. It's funny though, because based on how fan art has been drawn, right? Um, Blanche actually does look more or less like a male Zoom or female. Right, well, I, I don't want to dwell too much. Rough. This is Pokemon. Uh, it's still rocking. Hopefully we get more content. I personally have kind of, I've lost a zeal uh, for the grind because it's basically, a, it's just, Right now, all I'm doing is catching Zubats, Pidgeys, Rattatas, Caterpies, uh, and, and evolving them all at once when I have enough with the lucky egg. It's all, but that's that's the game right now for me. Yeah. Isn't the current thing um, basically the same as Ingress was? I never played Ingress, but it always seemed a little content light. Oh, that's a, that's a, I don't know if you guys talked about this last time. Let's compare and contrast it. Ingress to Pokemon Go. Sure, you're the you're the lead. What about it? What like, about Ingress? Are they the exact same? Uh, game with the skin, just well, a reskin, or what's like what's the no. deal? <laughs> it's, it's pretty different. What's like the main? Uh, difference? I mean, like content-wise, aren't they at, like the same place? Oh yeah, yeah. They use the same uh, the same nodes that they have in Ingress. It's not the same. They actually put less nodes in Pokemon Go. There's actually more in Ingress, I believe. But in Ingress, you needed to interact with the nodes. So pretty much in Ingress, like you hack portals, so like like Pokestops to get items. And then those places, I mean, it almost kind of had like a gym aspect too, where you mm -hmm. had to like, you could defend like a thing by putting like uh, turrets on it, and then you attacked it. Um, it's been a while since I played, but it, it it's kind of a different gameplay. But yes, they use a lot of the same nodes. And as far as where you find Pokemon, um, a lot of people have found a like, correlation between where in the world you find Pokemon and where there's XM and Ingress. So. One thing that some people do is they carry around like another tablet that has Ingress on it, so you can kind of see like where the spawn points of the Pokemon, like where the, there's a higher concentration of Pokemon spawns. Mm -hmm. You can actually see it. XM is a, a resource in Ingress, which is like little dots that appear on the map, and you gather them by just walking over them. So um, yeah, like apparently those correlate with Pokemon spawns, but I don't know mm -hmm. for sure. All right, fair All right, enough, I want, fair enough. I want to steer this discussion to uh, the BlizzCon, which is uh, 
They started selling their virtual tickets. I guess the I regular tickets one. all sold out. You, you got a virtual one? ticket? Yeah, I picked up a virtual ticket today. Okay, here, here's my issue with this. And this is my only issue with it, the way I'm reading it. Okay, so you pay $40 for the mm -hmm. ticket. And then you pay another 35 goddamn dollars for the goodie bag. It's like, what? It's a goodie oh, bag. You get the goodie bag with... You, you can buy yeah, the goodie bag can. separately? That's why I bought it. <laughs> okay, this is I, the year where the virtual items are not going to be worth anything. I'm calling it. Too many. There'll be too many out there now. No, but, the yeah. goodie bag is separately. Because if you click How, on the... Dude, it's worth the money, though. Did you see what's in it? Like... That's totally worth it. Oh, like, yes. Good. I want the That's inflatable funny. Reinhardt hammer. I, 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 I so want wrong. it. I want it, Matt. Excuse you. <laughs> I want the inflatable. I want everything in that in that goodie right. bag. So $75 shit. for a fancy Stein and a Reinhardt inflatable hammer. $35? Like, 75 total. Licensed merchandise? Like, 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 have you never bought shit before, Matt? <laughs> Shit's always expensive. This is not the kind of I shit bought a that I fucking bought. figure for $60 the other That's a day. Figure. Like, there are no figures in here. All right, guys. The, I, I want to mention the actual BlizzCon tickets were about 200 bucks a pop this year. And, of course, they sold out instantly, as they always do. But if you look at the eBay price for tw BlizzCon 2016 tickets, the going price is about 600 to $700 a ticket. Isn't that crazy? So, the, the, the system they have is a disaster. Where like, Whoever buys it first can instantly flip it for, like, $500 profit like what an awful system where like the bots win like, and Blizzard has had this issue since like the first BlizzCon like that's why can't they fix this event. has any that's gaming yes yeah, any event no, that's right though ever fixed this it's music so event it's it's an issue with everything where the, where the Fantasy, okay, okay, I believe you need an ID to pick up your badge right it, it, it is, you have to it's it's registered like the name like it's not like you just buy a ticket you buy like you have to register because I know because my mom got FanFest tickets for Final Fantasy and mm -hmm. we needed like everyone's name on it. There's no like, they're not transferable that could fix it. Yeah, it's non-transferable, which is like I don't know why they don't just do that. Then you just eliminate scalpers, right? That's true. That would fix scalpers. <laughs> yeah, we need dynamic pricing. And so when exactly is bid bid auction. It, and it's then, literally. Um, um, you know, I still have like one of those BlizzCon cards. It's worth like so much money. Which one? Which one? Uh, Murloc suit, I think. Wait, which year? Do you remember? Shit, it was a long right. time. Let it me, was like before Wrath came out. Okay, because because I actually had, uh, well, I had the polar bear mount, and I'm looking I at the that ones that sold recently. The it looks like the 2005 one goes to four thousand dollars now. If you have BlizzCon 2005 baby Murloc egg code, they were worth four thousand dollars. How much is the Murloc suit worth? I, I, I don't know what year that is, though. Oh, but, just, um, just look at the Murloc suit. I'm not sure if we can find it here. So I had the Polar Bear as well. I sold it the year I got it for a slight profit. Like I think I made 300 bucks. Uh, had I kept it, guys, I would have made over 1000 uh, I made a mistake. Right I used mine. I used my Polar Bear Mountain Codes. Really? In the oh, game? man. Yeah, I used them. Well, well, I had a good reason to use them. It's because I worked at Blizzard at the time, and I didn't want to get in trouble. Oh, <laughs> so fair. I used them, and then yeah, you didn't want to and sell then, it. but then for some reason I didn't use a Murloc suit card. Apparently, like I it's worth I five fifty. It. It's worth five fifty. Five fifty. Damn, I should sell, sell that, that shit. vendor that shit. Sell that shit. Yeah, but... it's like a scam though. It's like a problem. It's like you can sell it, and they're like, "Well, the code didn't work." You yeah, know? that's true. I was trying to say that um, the ticket issue is actually such an issue that. Ticketmaster, who were one of the major, mm -hmm. like, ticket vendors in 
our country at least, um, they actually set up their own third-party sales thing. <laughs> and you can sell them, you can sell tickets you bought off of Ticketmaster through Ticketmaster. That's a pretty good record. They take it's, a fee. Sounds like Steam to me. The Steam market? <laughs> well, I mean, you can sell them at inflated prices for yeah, like yeah, yeah. $500 for like a $100 ticket. So yeah. Mention, don't show what people are selling them for, what people are buying them for. I want to show everyone what they're seeing on the podcast right now are completed sales on eBay. So these are transactions that are already finished and were paid. So these are wow. an accurate reflection of what these tickets went for. I dropped another link that shows you the BlizzCon previous goodies, showing $4,000 for the, Mer the Murky, the Murloc. There's a polar bear mask going for uh, about 1200 right now. Funny thing is, I went to BlizzCon with my brother and a few friends in 2008. And I had the polar bear mount. It was worth 300 bucks. It would have paid for my whole ticket and then like all the goodies I bought there. And I lost it. I left at the hotel somewhere and I lost it. And now oh, it's worth $1,200. I feel oh, like an asshole. Wrecked. I just lost $1,200 on the stupid card. Get I wish I freaking wrecked on there. <laughs> I know. Who would have guessed that a goddamn polar bear mount was worth $1,200 yeah, today? You know, today? I, still, I still have my goodie bag. Like, I have all the shit inside, like the inflatable floss, frostmore, and like all those, like, those bullshits. I wonder if they're worth anything. Check on eBay, you know, it's crazy. People, but it's crazy that these digital codes are worth so much money. And Who hit me guessed? up on Twitch if you want to buy it. <laughs> $4,000 for a Murky the Murloc. Insane. Dude, I would have bought them year of even if I had known they were going to go for so much. It would have been yeah, an I mean, investment. Yeah, you buy them for $300 in 2005, you hold on to them. Ten years later, they're worth over like 12 times the price. It's a pretty great investment. But okay, look. If you see somebody with that with that Murloc pet, you're gonna be like, that guy's got a big dick. Dropping 4K for a pet? Holy shit! Or they just went to BlizzCon. Yeah. Well, speaking of all this all this uh, WoW talk, uh, so I have not I've been off the WoW ladder for a while, but even I am thinking of coming back for Legion, and it shows you the power. <laughs> I already went back. Right, Matt already fell down the rabbit hole. So many people I know going back to WoW again. I can't okay. do it. Well, I mean, I'm playing the Survival Hunter right now, and I'm actually having fun with it. Hmm. I mean, I, I like the fact that they have, like, cooperative attacks between you and your pet and melee. Stuff like that. Wait, like, co-op? Is this, like, like is this some crunch trigger shit with you and your pet? Now, no, or? it's like that you use a skill and you both attack at the same time. Oh, but it's still, cool. it's, it's a cool thing, I think. Okay, so I'll tell you, I'll talk a little about the expansion, pre-expansion patch. Okay, so yeah. the, the patch is already out. Um, and basically, for me, the biggest change... Okay, they're doing a lot of quality of life stuff, which uh, I enjoy. Uh, it kind of tightens the game, makes it easier for people to get back into. The biggest change is in PvP. Basically, uh, they're not going quite as hardcore as Blade and Soul, where there's no gear. But they're going to get rid of all... Almost all they're going to get rid of all your stats in PvP in... in uh, for your Thank gear, God. You need to PvP in arena, all the arena types. Um, you will get a slight bonus based on your item level average, uh, and that's just kind of going to encourage, you know, a sense of progression, I guess. But it's very small, and you can read the full notes uh, on their site. Um, besides that, they're getting getting retired to five v five arena, so they're going to focus on one v one, two v two, three v three, I guess. Uh, which, I don't know. I guess that's pretty cool. If you want to do five v five and plus, you got to do battlegrounds on arena. But I can't emphasize importance enough of the fact that they're equalizing gear for, for PvP. Sort of. Yeah, sort of. As Altai pointed out, there will be an item level advance, slight item level boost. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's tiny. It's going to be a solid, uh, what is it? It's a solid 10% per 100 item level, so I can't remember yeah. what that comes out to. 0.1% per item level. level. Yeah. yeah. So it's tiny. 
And as somebody who wanted to, P I never got the PvP. I never got to do arenas in WoW like the way I wanted it because I didn't have optimal gear. It felt like a waste. Like I, I was at disadvantage. So it it at least opened the door to allow a lot more people to participate in PvP without having all that late game gear. And I think yeah. that's gonna be a huge plus for the game. Hey, we should play. I mean, I'd play. With yeah, I, I'm I'm down to play. Legion I had, now. yeah, I had so much fun doing um three three PvP. It's really fun. It's gonna come out. Uh, I've had my fill of WoW since uh, end of next month, August thirtieth, boys. So, so I mean, people are gonna come my, back. Uh... Come on, Amar. You, you know you gotta get dragged in with us anyway. So just yield. If you guys all play, yeah, I'll play for a bit. Okay. See how yeah, it yeah. goes. I just wanna beat the. I just wanna go through the expansion, and you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go crazy. How hard is it to Charles level? Though, like, come back I, mean, I haven't played. I wouldn't bother. Okay, so I know Matt started again already. He can give us a little insight on what's changed, uh, for him. But I don't want to start till the expansion comes out, so I, I start with that level 100, right? I just I just want to see the new stuff. I don't want to grind through like the old, dated, like cookie cutter content. Well, I never saw the Cataclysm stuff, so seeing all the new zones and the new cutscenes is pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. But again, you don't get to see all of the. Like, again, I played when Mist came out, and I I loved from one to 90. It was I think the max at the time, and like I, I did all the old stuff again. But you don't get to, I, I didn't get to see all the expansion content, which is the reason one of the reasons I came back, right? I wanted to see some of the the Burning Crusade, the Lich King stuff, but you never get to see that because by the time you get like the Outland, you do the first two zones in Outland, you skip the next five and you go right to, right to Lich King and you skip all that cool content, cool cutscenes, cool bosses. And then when you're in, when you're in uh, Lich King, you do the first two zones there, then you go to Panda Land and then you're max level. Like you never get the, the way it's set up is you get so much more experience doing quests in the next expansion that there's no reason to finish the expansion you're on. Because the second you can get the next expansion, you have to get there. And then, I mean, I, I never got to see the cutscenes, and I, I, I kind of feel like I missed out. Uh, I mean, we got like a full group, right? Five man. If when Sean's here, yeah. uh, we got a five man right here. We can just run through the dungeons. I assure I'll you, we'll see. Be I all mean, dungeons. I got Dead Final Fantasy to play too, so we'll see. All right, all right. Oh, well, Mary, you said you play Final Fantasy, right? If yeah, you... yeah, I do. Want, I, I do have to play Final Fantasy as well. Really? I, I'm more yeah. excited about trying Legion. No, I've played WoW. Well. I, I have not played Final Fantasy. I've, I've already played WoW. Well. All right. And I feel like at least I'll have more difficulty in Final Fantasy. Because again, like, you will have difficulty in WoW once you get to Heroic Raids and you start doing the Heroic Raids. You do any of the non-Heroic Raids, you're looking for a raid, the LFR stuff, you can do it standing on your head. Like, literally, AFK standing on your head. You can't do Wipe in, wipe in, um, exactly. Max level dungeons in Final Fantasy. That's good. I mean, is there an easy mode where you can't wipe? Because there are basically the LFR is an no. easy mode in WoW where you just can't wipe. No. It's made for. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot harder to not wipe unless you're playing with like a team because it, you can get queued up with people that have like over they're overgeared, but it gear caps you. But still, like being gear capped is still pretty decent. So. Yeah, I mean that's, I I don't like the fact that they have the easy mode in WoW. It's just it's too easy. They're looking for a raid mode, even though like it's there for the casuals and the real. So the, what are the it's, tiers exactly? Looking for a raid? Is there like a normal and then heroic, or is heroic the next? Level? There's heroic and there's, no, there's a harder one too. Mystic, I think now. Well, I know there's I know there's one above heroic. Just looking for a raid and what's like the middle tier one? I think is there normal and then just mystic? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think uh, LFR normal heroic and and, and mythic, I believe. Mythic. It's a weird name. <laughs> mythic sounds pretty badass. Is that uh, too many? Is that too many modes like per dungeon four? Yeah, if you do uh, if you do mythic, it's very challenging. By the way, I, it's not fair to say WoW is easy. It's just fair to say that looking for a raid is easy. I mean, that's the only part that's brain dead easy, and it does get difficult after that. Hmm. I think at least it's an okay balance. It's just 
No, Once I, I four, beat him, four yeah. modes is too many. Is one too many? One too many? Yeah, three. They should three. have one game. They should have one mode. That's it. Make it hard. All right. No, well, I don't know. Four modes. Four modes is, is too many. That's all I gotta say. Yep. No, that's well. Yeah. That's, that's Legion. We got friends going. A lot of people are gonna go back to WoW. It's gonna see the initial boost. It had a pretty big initial boost on the last expansion as well, but who knows if it's gonna last? I think I think WoW is gonna be around for a while though, but. I think it's going to continue its steady decline after this initial boost. Alright, predictions, right. guys. When is WoW going free to play? Never. Never? Alright. I'm not ready to say never. It'll shut down before it goes free to play. I don't think that's fair. I don't, I don't think so. It's going to go free to play in exactly five years, four months, and 27 days, three minutes, 15 seconds. Countdown, boys. Countdown, boys. It's recorded. Right, well, Oscar, what what, what else we got on the docket this week? Or shall we start? Maybe the mobile game. Mobile game? Yeah, mobile games. Like, we don't like talking about mobile games, but they are big, so it's worth mentioning. Uh, Archage Begins from Gameville is uh, opening pre-registrations. It's uh, Archage. No idea game. what it looks like. Yay. Zero. Yeah. So is it a separate game or like a companion game? It's a no, separate, separate game. Okay. Okay. Doesn't it piss you off when when companies release videos like this? This official teaser trailer. What's it teasing me? This this shitty cutscene. This is not teasing jack shit. I, I want to see some gameplay. What is this? It's teasing the story. Who cares about the story? <laughs> Who's playing these game mobile MMOs for the story anyway? And it's it's insane. It's a, it's, a, it's a partnership, a try, somebody said FU Tryon right away, I seem to be mentioned Archage, right? But for the record, this has nothing to do with Tryon. XL Games, the Korean developer, is partnering with Gameville, a game publisher. So they're partnering Gameville and XL Games. So Tryon is not an equation. Like game Evil. I thought so too, but it's like, you need a second E, don't you? Technically, but it still could be Game Evil. It could, I mean, I, I, just, I always said it's Gameville. They, they do a whole bunch of mobile games, though. But unfortunately, we have nothing to see in this video. Literally nothing. All we know is it's Unreal 4 powered. That'll be a worldwide launch. Okay, Which, again, because most of the time... Though. Even the yeah. teaser site says literally nothing about what it is. Just the story. Like, why would they do this? Like, is this going to be like a hero collector? Is it going to be a shitty strategy game? Is it going to be an actual open world... Uh... No, they already had a shitty arcade strategy game. It was called Arkville. <laughs> Arkville, what a name. Like, I, I really wish they gave you more to work with. Like, I click on the world map, right? You think when you click on that world map on the teaser site, you would see, like, a picture of a map, right? And locations? No. You see this wall of text. When I click world map, I want to see a map, not text. Oh, what's this game, Matt? Archville. Oh, this is their mobile game? Yeah, Archville. It was. Oh, it was, and now it's closed. GG. It's pretty funny. Let me see if I can find a gameplay trailer. Somebody said WoW is literally the most generic MO. Not really, it just it became the mainstream. That It became what you would refer to as generic because of how popular it was. Plus it's 2004, so it's old. I want to quickly shout this in there. Uh, I don't think we covered it. Uh, patch coming out, or came out for Riders of Icarus. Level cap went up to 35. Oh, it's a big one. From 25. Coming 35. out. Still coming. sometime this week. Okay, this time this week. Okay, cool. So and, uh, we got a new map region to explore. Uh, 10 more levels. And uh, I kind of like the pace which they're uh, releasing this content. So I can keep up with it while playing other games as well. So I think that's a really cool, good touch. I still say to launch at 25 is pretty weird. 
a lot of hardcore players, like the people that would be really into the game, kind of did not have nothing to do for such a long time. That's that's true. I mean, you don't want to lose those players either, but they're not your entire player base. But you do you do want them in the game. I mean, and the Korean version, I think Matt, you pointed out when we were talking level sixty something. Yeah. So the Koreans are up to like level sixty something, but the American version launched at twenty five and finally gained to thirty five this week, and like. The game has some pretty crazy guild versus guild stuff too, which we're not going to see for a long time. But the Korean version is already there, which makes me like th wonder: like, why is there this difference between progress? Like this difference. Like you see, like other Nexon games where MapleStory, where like the the release schedule between Korea and America has gotten like much shorter. Mm -hmm. But it seems like with the, with Rise of, Rise of Icarus, they just well, it's been out in Korea over, over a year now. But the, why? Is the I, I guarantee difference? they didn't start at level twenty-five. Oh. I guarantee you. That's yeah, I, 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 I don't know why, but it's so silly. I can't I find the information on that, but I, I guarantee you that it did not start at level 25. And not only did they start at level 25, they had like no PvP with the launch because it was that stuff comes later. There's not a cool feature that they just didn't release with the game. I guess to either make it seem like they can keep releasing regular updates, the regularly scheduled updates, to make it feel like a more of like a progression game. Maybe that's the reason they I'm did okay it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I don't know. I'm okay with it. Seems kind of silly. Uh, Matt, you played, uh, you were, before we streamed, you were playing Darkfall, right? Yeah. Oh, tell us a little about that before we wrap up here. Oh, uh, well, basically, they're, um, you guys probably know about the two different companies that are bringing back Darkfall by now, right? I've been hearing about, yeah. Yeah, well, this one is Uber Games and Darkfall New Dawn, and basically, um, what they're doing with Darkfall New Dawn is they're trying to take Darkfall and make it a lot easier to kind of get into and make the power gap a lot smaller a lot sooner and make it easy, more accessible to people while also maintaining the core of Darkfall. So what is the core of Darkfall? Give us a rundown a little. Well, it's a... I haven't played a whole lot of it, so I don't want to, like, commit to the idea that it's primarily PvP, but it's, it's, it's hardcore. hardcore. That's what I've heard. Even it's hardcore. Yeah. Yes. It, a lot of the ways that he described the stuff to me today when I was playing the game, he um, described it as it's literally Ultima. Huh. Like yeah, a lot that's the vibe I got too. People told and me um, one of the big differences is that all of the skills can be leveled and all of the skills like have an infinitely high level cap. But um, it's it's really focused on the PvP, I think, from what I can tell. And they're like player cities... And apparently there are like 99 player cities that can exist in pre-existing or like pre-predetermined locations. And like you can siege the cities and you can do war with guilds. And one of the things that they're going to do with the upcoming stuff with Darkfall is they're going to make it so that like a super powerful 1000 person guild can't like fight a 10 person guild that just started stuff mm -hmm. like that. So th they're going to make it a lot more player friendly while still being what it is. And, I'm um, convinced there's a there's a guerrilla marketing campaign going on with Darkfall because literally every thread I've seen on Reddit and RPG, someone's always saying, "Hey, have you tried Darkfall New Dawn yet? It's really cool!" Like every thread I've seen, it's free oh, right now. That's why yeah. people were saying it. everyone's like, spreading the word. Free, everybody spread the word when Shores of Hazeron was free, and then mm -hmm. as soon as the subscription came up, they're like, "Oh no, that game sucks!" Ah, <laughs> but with that, when you say that now, right? But then RMRPG is always like, "Oh, another free-to-play trash game." Like free-to-play becomes like a negative on uh, on an RMRPG. Well, because it's free, free. It's there, yeah. there's no fee at all. It's free, free. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, yeah. They say that one of the big things about Dark Falls is that it's um real 
action combat and like you shoot arrows at people like it's real action combat like fps mechanics mm-hmm. and you can have like hundreds of people fighting at once and it works mm-hmm. it's got like physics models and stuff and while we were playing i watched the guy literally get launched off of a cliff because something hit him and he <laughs> flew off the cliff into the water below it was hilarious here's another example of a game that tried new things right because we were talking about innovation earlier like Darkfall did try the hardcore Ultima stuff, but with like 3D and different, and it didn't really. It wasn't. It's fair to say it wasn't successful, even though they did all that cool new stuff. The original Darkfall, at least. So I, I think the original Darkfall work. was buggy, though. That's yeah. what I get. I mean, they, they're really fixing that. Like they said right now, they're focusing on fixing issues. They're going to make the interface less clunky, stuff like that. Um, they're make. Right now, they're focusing on the grind specifically, and they're going to fix that and then they're going to go to other issues with the game and then after they've fixed all the issues they have they're going to work on new content worth mentioning original darkfall came out in 2009 so looks like i played it then and it ran at like 20 frames per second on my computer and i did not resub because i was not going to play an action combat game at 20 frames per second <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be an issue yeah i mean the core concept seems fun. Uh, as as somebody who's long loved Ultima Online, that hardcore element, maybe maybe I'll give it a try too. I think I remember trying it too. And I remember it being buggy and I couldn't play. I, I think I had the same issue as it, you, Matt, when I first when I first checked it out because I know I did. Yeah, they buffed the performance by a lot. Some people are getting yeah. like 400 frames per second now. So one, I was laughing though because one guy dropped in the stream and he's like, "Darkfall with shadows on." I didn't recognize it. <laughs> how realistic is it though to assume this game's gonna get regular new content? Like how? easy as it to develop for now that's i have no idea and it's not the yeah. original team right no it's a small team of people that played the game and were really yeah. hardcore about i don't it see got... it i don't see it being very likely that new content modern content no will be added it's, to it's going to be appealing to probably it's a niche hardcore base that didn't want it to die and will support well, it the thing is it's i think with games like darkfall a lot of it is going to be mechanics rather than mm-hmm. actual new content but the combat looks cool. Individually aiming abilities and like large scale PvP. There's videos on YouTube of like huge battles going on with like 100 players on the screen, something crazy. And that's like people say that's like what Darkfall is. That's what Darkfall is about when you have all the players on the screen fighting. And <laughs> I mean, it sounds really badass, but yeah, you know, he, we'll, we'll see how it does. He told me if I wanted to do another do another stream that he'd find a clan that would uh, set me up with some PvP experience and that I'd never play another MMORPG again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, people say that's the true experience, and once you have that, like no other game gives you that. That's like the selling point. To be fair, I don't think any other game does give you that right now in no. terms of MMORPGs. No. I mean that hundreds of people in the action combat—it's just not happening anywhere else right now. No. I mean, and you know, I love the combat of Soul, but that's arena-based, and even if you have the world PvP, it's not like the crazy hundred versus hundred stuff that you're gonna see in Darkfall. It's the only game I doing just... it. I really hope they make it work because we need that to at least exist still. I mean, yeah. Unholy Wars is gone and it may never be coming back. Yeah. Adventure Team was the original developer? Adventurine. Yep. They were Greek and they blamed the shutdown on Greeks. Greece's current conditions, but a Quite lot of the conven- fans don't believe convenient, it. Convenient uh, excuse. Yeah, there. that seems very odd that that's the excuse. I mean, if they were making money, they'd be okay. But I guess A lot of fans say they were pretty much headed for shutdown before that. So. Yeah. 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 Anything else? Uh, well, we, I want to mention the 
Valve is finally clamping down on the gambling sites. I know you're ex you're you were following the uh, little drama on this. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you got any good didn't articles? Then we talk we about this last. Oh, you did? We, okay. we, yeah, yeah. We talked about it. I just want to say that sure Valve sent did. literally sent out a letter saying a cease and desist letter, and they list all the sites that uh all the big sites that were involved on this, and they they stopped it. It's like and, 23 sites. Yep, so the, uh, it was on Reddit and the title is called Valve and CSGO Gambling. Obviously, it's not completely gone yet because some big sites are still operating. However, I'm going to go ahead and show you guys the official letter. So it should mean that, you know, the, Valve is going to specifically targeting these sites now. So CSGO Lounge is pretty big too. And I guess they're going to, they told me you got to stop basically. You have 10 days to stop as this letter. The letter came out, I think, seven days ago. So there's still three days for them to obey or they're going to throw the lawsuits at them. They got the money. Yeah, Valve can, they, they can afford to sue whoever they need to. But it's crazy because you don't really need to sue them. You just tinker with your API and stop it, which I don't know why they haven't done yet. But who knows? But it's, it's out now, so CSGO gambling should probably be cut down quite a bit going forward. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what else? Red 5, layoffs. Red 5 is the one behind that Firefall game, right? It's, it's by the just... Chinese. Well, so far it's like only one guy is like confirmed to have been laid off. We we don't know how okay, many. There but are Firefall yet. kind of a letdown since like the beginning. I uh, think I think it's fair to say that more is gonna be let off. This this game has been bleeding cash since its launch. It launched a lot of hype, and it's been a disaster ever since. I don't think very many people still play the game. I know the company that makes it. It's a uh, the China, Red Five is owned by a Chinese company called The Nine. And they're publicly traded, so you can look at the numbers behind it. They're bleeding cash, and it's it's been a downhill ride for them since since the game came out. So I don't think there's much hope. Yep. Uh, Firefall tried to be one of those uh, shooter MMORPGs, but it it really it floundered. It it never really went where it should have went. Or where a lot of games know. have tried that, like whether yep. it's Global Agenda, whether it's this game, but it just it just it just hasn't worked because I think it sounds great on paper. Maybe even the Titan was supposed to be that, wasn't it? Yep. Because yep. if Overwatch came out of that, you'd imagine yep. it'd it be a shooter be a MRPG. Shooter MRPG. So for whatever reason, like that concept seems so cool, whether it's a shooter with an MRPG mix, but it just hasn't worked. Nope. Nobody's been able to pull it off. Yeah, at least nobody's done it. Yeah. Well, that I think that's about it for this week, guys. Unless you have other things to bring up, we can wrap it up and uh, get to some yeah, post-game discussion, followed by Overwatch by... Remo and Shu. All right. Mm -hmm. Sounds Gucci. All right. Well, say your fair to the Wells. Later, guys. See you. Bye bye. See ya.